warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 196. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean it, erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. All right. Hey, uh, welcome to episode 196. And uh, Frank is not with us this week and will not be with us in the foreseeable future. So uh, we shined that beacon, uh, the uh, the bat signal, the PCL signal out into the fucking sky. And this week we are joined by none other than Batman. No, Scott Schutte, welcome to the program. <laughs> gracias. 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 How are you doing, my man? I'm doing well. Hey, I love I love the uh, reference to Adam West. Love it. It's great. God rest his soul. Um, uh, so yeah, no, I'm I'm hanging in there. Uh, and I've got a big old cup of coffee here in my Abraham suck my nuts uh, mug. So I'm hoping not to fall asleep tonight. Nice, nice. Yeah, has been an issue with people in the past. I don't want Luther to feel bad about that. That was one of the most epic moments we've ever had on this show. And uh, it, it couldn't have worked out any better. I, I, Luther was, like, so embarrassed after that happened. And I want him to know that, like, we love him. We support him. And uh, especially I support sleep. REM sleep is, like, one of the best things ever. He was killing it on that episode. So way to go, Luther. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, how do you top that on a return? If, like, Lou ever comes on again, like... He might as well never come back on, right? He can never top that. Yeah, there's nothing you can do to top that. There really isn't. Like, I, I wouldn't uh, put bets on him. I mean, he might be able to find a way, but Jesus, that was insane. Maybe he could always. Talking. Yep. He could always get drunk and then pass out in the bathroom like someone else I know. Oh, yeah, that did happen on an episode of your podcast, so. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. I want to real quick. I want to do a little bit of house, housekeeping here. Uh, I want to thank, uh, we have a listener, Anthony. Uh, I won't give out your last name unless you want me to. I will in the future, but Anthony, he 
basically redesigned our website and it looks absolutely fantastic. He's a listener out of Japan and I want to thank him personally on the episode for taking all that time to do that. We've got other special cool plans for the website coming out in the future. Uh, that's a little ways off, but uh, keep looking towards the website for cool little updates and things like that. But yeah, definitely go to uh, popcultureleftovers.com. Definitely check out the About Us section. So there's some new artwork and things like that, and it's really cool. So thank you, Anthony, for all your hard work on the Yeah, PCL the new website looks fantastic. Doesn't it? I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't – you know, they, they talk about like on these uh, – what are these uh, – these podcast ads, you know, Squarespace, you know, it's so oh, yeah. easy and all this shit. It's really not, people. I mean, I'm a fucking idiot. I bear, I had like a bare bones podcast up there, so uh, website. And uh, Anthony is just like, I don't know. He bent our fucking website over and made it his bitch, and it looks great now. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank I you love, so much, uh, Anthony. Frank's picture in the uh, about me section and his title. Are uh, epic. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, I believe, he's pissing into some antifreeze. Is that what's going? On? <laughs> and he's an etiquette consultant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, all right, guys, we're going to be jumping into. Haven't done these in a while, so I want to knock them out. Uh, we're going to do some iTunes reviews. It's one star iTunes reviews. First one comes from Spartans Pembroke. Spartans Pembroke. So thank you, Spartans Pembroke, for your iTunes review. It's a five-star, and it's titled Brilliant. And he goes on to say, or she goes on to say, My friend got me into this podcast, and now it's my go-to for pop culture news. These guys know their stuff and will introduce a show, movie, game, book that you may not have heard of otherwise. Are we the only ones to do that, Jake? Uh, have to be. Yeah, I think, I think this is like, like the, one of the most original ideas for a podcast where we get on here and we talk about current pop culture news, especially comic book and Star Wars shit. Yes, I think we have the entire market cornered. It, it's a giant monopoly. Exactly. I, I can't believe no one else has thought of this thing and also talking about things that people might not think of otherwise, Jake. I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down. Don't you steal our idea. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not stealing nothing. I'm just writing. No, I'm taking notes. Taking it, notes. No, we are like we are like the original Coca Cola. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're like, we're like KFC's recipe. Like we don't want anybody to know our 13 seasonings and spices. Yeah, it's good stuff. I I don't know why we don't monetize this like immediately. Right, right. No one else is doing this. Honestly, yeah. Me and Jake, uh, we talked about this. We had a. Uh, we had one of these big stores contact us for an affiliate program. <laughs> and oh, yeah, I saw. At first, I I don't know. I'm not going to give out. I'm not going to give away the name of who it is. It rhymes with Schmargit. But <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but man, I, I was like, I was like, okay. So what is it like? What is it that our listeners can do? So basically, like. You guys purchase stuff on Target.com. Oh, Schmargit.com. <laughs> and 
we get like a commission. And then I looked at like what they were offering and it's like Target has some great stuff, but like I think a lot of our listeners would like to get into like the electronics and video games and books and things like that. And this was like, you know, uh, household items and fashion and makeup and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I don't think that that's the target audience that we have. No, not at all. It, so. would, it would have been hard pressed and we would have had to bring up the link all the time. Yeah. It, it would have been ridiculous. Exactly. So, well, who orders stuff online from Target? I know. If it's Amazon, then yes, let's do this. But it's ah, nobody goes to Target. I'm more inclined to order online shit from Walmart than right. I am from Target. Right. Yeah, I know. I mean, if it was like video games and video game systems, I'd be all about it because Target does get these systems and then people would be able to pre-order there and then, you know, have them shipped to the store and stuff. But it's... It- even toys wasn't yeah. included. Yeah, toys not included. Toys weren't included? No. Oh, yeah, fuck yeah. that. Oh, so no action figure sales? I'm sure we could have sold quite a few action yeah. figures and whatnot. It, so. It's it's nothing against Target. It's just like I just didn't see the value in our audience and then, you know, talking about it every week if they're not going to include electronics and toys and books and things like that. So anyway, Spartans. Would we have, uh, would we have made the O in pop culture leftovers into like a Target bullseye? Oh, fucking A we would. <laughs> Damn, missed opportunity there. I know. We could have had uh, we could have had Anthony on the website doing that shit, you know? Oh man. Uh yeah, they were a little off target with their offers, so that was a horrible joke. Anyway, uh Spartans Pembroke goes on to say they was they was also go off on the rails on occasion, which is even more entertaining. Uh highly recommended. Keep up the great work, you stink pickles. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Stink pickle. I'm writing that down, too. Hold on. <laughs> stink pickles. Hey, do you remember uh, Sweet Pickles? I do not know what that's from. Uh, Are you talking about the, the pickles you get at, like, the Renaissance Festival? No, nah, I'm talking about the, uh, that, that childhood commercial where they'd send you the books and shit and a sweet pickle bus. Oh. No. I, it is kind of coming back to me now. Yeah. I am looking forward to Pickle Rick, though. Pickle Rick? <gasps> you haven't seen Pickle Rick? Is that a Rick and Morty thing? Rick and Morty, yep. Yep, Rick changes himself into a pickle this season. Oh. A.K.A. Pickle Rick. It was only a matter of time, right? That's right. I mean, I, I, call, I think I called it last year, Jake. Yeah, yeah you were all over that. I know. <laughs> you, heard, you heard it here first on Pop Culture Leftovers. All right. Pickle Rick's where it's at. Guys, we gotta Get hurry ready. up. We gotta hurry up and wrap this episode up. I, there's, there's a great sale going on at Target that I gotta get to. So we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna cut this one short tonight. Um, next one comes from, uh, A Stowell. It's titled Great Podcast. It's a five star. We're searching for a podcast about more movies than anything else. And this is perfect. Uh, great insight into new movies, especially superhero movies and big blockbusters. Got hooked, and now I listen weekly. Great banter to keep it interesting. Would love a few more female guests to hear their views, too. Uh, Got my husband hooked onto it, too. No obnoxious commercials. (laughs) We almost did have them. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No obnoxious commercials, and nobody takes uh, takes themselves too seriously. Definitely should give it a listen. So thank you, A. Stowell. Uh, That was a great review. Yeah, next one comes from Kulo uh, Paludo twenty two. They want more more females. We're just going to brush over that. Brush over the 
<laughs> what do you want me to do? Huh? I don't know. <laughs> get him now. Come on. Hey, Scott, get get your wife on here right now. Make uh, I'm, I'm, I'll go wake her up, but if I get Mrs. Shooty up, <laughs> then I'm going to get the three fucking yappy dogs up. Now, then we're going to have just chaos, and you're going to be yelling at me, and I'll never be on the show again. Now, this, uh, she can just know that there's like a, 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 I don't know, there's a female in the next room, eh, Stal? All right? That's right. So, <laughs> uh, next one comes. It's three thumbs up. So, apparently, we've got somebody here with an extra member, or they're talking about their penis. <laughs> That wouldn't be a thumb. I don't know. Anyway. I, I think it counts. It's from Kulo Paluto 22. Uh, five star. I might just be another spoke in the wheel, but I wanted to say that I really love this podcast. The banter between the hosts is very entertaining, uh, except for this episode. <laughs> uh, perfect to listen to while shitting or while masturbating. Ooh, that's, that makes me not want to do the show anymore. <laughs> uh, again, I'm taking more notes. Hold on a second. No, you hadn't thought of doing that. Um, the, the first part, like every day, but the second part, not so much. Um, yeah, that's like what masturbation is not one of those things that you start when you have to shit, right? You gonna you're you know what I mean? Have you ever like, if it comes down to it, you know what I mean? Have you ever? <laughs> Is it? yeah, it's a reason. It's a reason not to, in my opinion. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't want to. Ah, I mean, if you feel like you got a shit, it's not like you're gonna like go. You know what? I'm gonna tug one out real quick, and then I'll go yeah. take care of that. No, I, I always just I I don't do it at that point. Shitting's the priority, correct? Yeah, it is 100. percent Yeah, wouldn't you agree? No, Scott? I'd have to agree with Jake. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> tackling the big issues this week. <laughs> I was kind of hoping someone would disagree and we could get into a big fight about that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I can't. I can't. In uh, good conscience, I can't disagree. I, I would even say that uh, peeing would come before um, said activity as well. Yeah, yeah, agree. Oh, that, that goes without saying. I yeah. Think. Yeah, but I think it would be kind of amazing, you know, to climax and then all of a sudden both ends are just erupt. You know? I'm sure. I'm sure there's a market for that. You think we have just lost all three of our (laughs) listeners? All three of them have stopped listening. That's that's fine. That's fine. Goodbye. People just started tuning in somehow. Yeah. Honestly, Um, that that scares me just a little bit. Jake, how would you? Okay, if that was like what you were into, how would you find that on the interwebs? Like what what magical combination in Google do you type to find that? It seems pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second. I'm searching as we speak. Continue reading. We'll talk. We'll talk off podcast. All right. Okay. I'm not asking for me. I was just curious. I'll let your friend know. Uh, yeah, please. I got a buddy. Uh, <clears throat> next one. Here's com- some. I found some videos. I did. On uh, the website, it's called XP, X-P-E-E. No, yep. that's that's not the function that I wanted. I want X shit or like... It says, much- no, it's masturbate while pooping. It says right there, right at the title. Here, I'll no, it to you. no, we've moved on to more extreme. I don't think you're completely caught up, Scott. <laughs> we want 
climaxing and then peeing and pooping. Oh, okay. All right, hold on. I, I didn't take my notes correctly. I'll be right back. Hold on. <laughs> First, I got to finish this masturbating while pooping video, and then I'll find the other one. I'll be right back. Hey, what do they All call right. that? What do they call that move? Do they call that like the rusty sprinkler? Ah, oh, gee, I don't know. You know, like know. a sprinkler that's got some rust in it, and then it starts to, like, the brown shit comes out first, then it comes out clear? Yeah, I don't know. At one point in time, I think it was um, the uh, two girls, one cup. Oh, you know don't, know. I've never seen oh, the man, video. That's... Never seen the video. I know nothing about it. <laughs> you know nothing about it. Wow. Yeah, I am Jon Snow when it comes to two girls, one cup. I have no idea what that is, and I don't want to know. So I mean, you deserve to be told after exposing so many people to, like, Blue Waffle and stuff. Oh, that is true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. This episode has uh, really dissolved. Yeah, it has. Uh, let's move on to this last <laughs> iTunes review. It's uh, from SVA, a.k.a. Beardy. Uh, Tupperware, this podcast. It's five-star. And fun podcast about everything pop culture. To be honest, it was a little jarring on the first listen. And definitely not for babies. Uh, but when you listen more, you can tell these guys care for each other. And it's all, and it all makes for a super entertaining podcast. Even when I don't care much for the advertised content, I can still bet there will be a good discussion and some great laughs. So that comes I, from. I really like that review. Yeah. I like that review. That's a good one. Yeah. That was a nice no review. Compla- no complaining about anything either. Oh, what, what is this? Somebody did somebody send me something? I may have sent you a link. Yes. Holy shit! All right, I'll literally. Look. I will. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, there's there's a woman with her legs crossed and some toilet paper in the middle. So I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's from Scott. Thank you, Scott. I'll check that out later. You're probably, welcome. Not a problem. Probably not on the air. Uh, but yeah, I'll definitely. Be checking that out later, probably tomorrow when I have a little bit more time and I'm feeling frisky. So, yeah. All right, guys. We're gonna, I, I hate this. I hate this episode. It sucks. It's uh, the worst episode ever. It's pretty, I blame myself. It's pretty, no, I blame myself. I had a long day. I just got off and like I haven't had a time, haven't had time to like wind down and relax and shit. I feel all like, like rushed and shit. So, uh, yeah, I, I blame both you guys too. <laughs> oh man. All right, let's move on into some uh, good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. Good pop, bad pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, I want to start off this week with something that I saw. Uh, I don't know if either of you gentlemen have had a chance to see it, but I went and saw Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. No, I have not. Not yet. It's on my uh, list. All right. I saw Dunkirk. I saw it in, uh, I told you when Christopher, I told you last week, when Christopher Nolan tells you to go see it in IMAX, you listen. So I saw it in the IMAX. And uh, it's written and directed by Christopher Nolan. This is his first war film. Uh, It's about allied soldiers from Belgium, the British Empire, and France are surrounded by the German army 
and evacuated during a fierce battle in World War II. Uh, so in this movie, over 400,000 troops were backed into the beach and they had nowhere to go. They were being cornered and they were waiting for people. They were waiting for other boats and things like that to evacuate them out of there because they're basically sitting ducks. And um, it stars Fionn Whitehead, Damian Bonnard, Anurin uh, Bernard, Tom Hardy. Uh, Tom Hardy has less than 10 lines in his screen time in this movie. Um, this, is also, <laughs> this is also his third time in being a, in a World War II project. Uh, the first was Band of Brothers. He played a paratrooper. And the second was a movie called Coldlitz. Uh, this movie also stars Cillian Murphy, Mark Rylance, who is fantastic, Jack Loudon, Harry Styles, and uh, I found out that Harry Styles had a personal bodyguard on set because of the female attention. Oh, that must be nice. <laughs> is it? Would that be nice? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't hurt, you know. <laughs> uh, not officially credited in this movie is Michael Caine he uh, does appear in the film as a voice on the pilot's radios and uh, he is thanked at the end credits and this marks his uh, seventh collaboration with Christopher Nolan so kind of cool nice that is cool how many has Hardy had is this his third uh, he was in Inception he was also in this what other Nolan project was he in Dark Knight Rises. Rises. Dark Knight Rises, of course, yeah. Uh, sorry, I forgot about that one. He played Bane, so. Uh, but I, uh, first off, I'm going to go ahead and rate this one. It's an absolute Tupperware. Um, I haven't been the biggest fan of some of the Nolan films. I love Memento. I love the Dark Knight trilogy. Not the biggest fan of Interstellar. Um, I did like Inception. I think I get, I think I would get that a Tupperware. Um, but, uh, I just didn't like Interstellar. I just wasn't a big fan of that film. But, uh, Dunkirk is, how do I, how do I even say this? This, this movie is, once this, it, it's an, it's an emotional ride. Um, it, it gives you anxiety. It makes you feel like you are in this war as an observer. Um, it, it, it unlike Movies like where you get you get like uh, let's say Saving Private Ryan for example or Band of Brothers where it starts off where like especially okay Band of, uh, Saving Private Ryan where you have that battle at the beginning of the movie and then it kind of calms down and characters are able to talk and interact. This movie is just constant barrage of of battles. It's you're on the edge of your seat the entire time. Um, my anxiety levels were up. Uh, it, it is, and it's only an hour and 40 minutes, I believe, hour 47, but it is just a constant barrage. Um, the movie's told from three points of view. You get the beach with the infantry, you get the evacuation by the Navy, and then you get the air stuff with Tom Hardy and the other pilots. And what's wild about this, though, is it's not a linear timeline, and it it kind of tells you that at the beginning with the opening credits, but the way it says it, it makes no sense to read it. I actually had to read about it later. I knew the timeline was off when I was watching the movie because I had already seen certain points of the movie from the Navy's perspective. And then later on, the exact same scene played out, but it was from the pilot's perspective. Mm. So cool. that's when it kind of clicked for me. So basically in this, I found out that uh, on, for the soldiers who embarked in the conflict, the events 
took place on different temporal temporal ah, can't say that word temporalities on land. The story lasts a week long. On water, the events lasted a day, and in the air, the events lasted one hour because they had one hour of fuel. The British, the British pilots, so. It can be a little confusing. I think on the second watch, it'll be a lot easier for me to follow. Can I, can I ask a question? Yeah. That's fascinating. So all three stories are intercut, right? Yes. And the pilot thinks only an hour was an hour of gas. Doesn't that seem weird? It seems like that would take away from the anxiety if like you're cutting to something that lasts longer than a day and then back to this thing that's only an hour of time a couple of times jake there's a couple of times where it does where it's like you've already seen this so you've already kind of like know what happened but from the pilot's perspective when the other pilot crashes we don't know what happens to that pilot until later okay so Mm -hmm. we see tom hardy watch the other pilot crash down into the water but we don't know what actually happens to that pilot once he's in the water we get to see that later with the Navy stuff on the water. So it's all – I know it, it's it's very confusing, okay? Yeah. It is It is odd that it's like such a nonlinear timeline like that. It is. It is. That's my only complaint with this movie is the timeline. That's it. So one of the things that I heard was um, because of the nature of the way the movie was shot yeah. that – there is very little character development. Yes. So it's not necessarily about characters at all. It's really just about the event. So how did you feel about that? A little lack of character development, just these things going on. Uh, that right there, uh, I, lo- I actually really enjoyed it, to be quite honest with you. I thought there was Got enough it. character development um, showing you this, basically like the rescue, the Navy evacuating them. You did get to see a little bit of those stories and things like that. As far as the pilots, you didn't get to know them all too well, especially Tom Hardy. You bear, he, like I said, he gets ten, less than ten lines in this movie, but he's super fucking cool. Oh my god, is he fucking cool! And and and, and these uh, these dogfights in the sky are just absolutely amazing, and they're so well shot. And this is a movie that I'm going to tell you, you're going to lose a lot if you watch it at home. You are. I'm telling you, you have to see this in IMAX. This is the best IMAX experience I've had since seeing Gravity. Gravity was the exact same way. Gravity had, it was an experience in the theater. And, you know, a lot of times, Jake, when we go to see these Marvel movies in the IMAX, we're paying for it just to see it on that big screen and get that great sound. But it didn't always feel like we had to see it in IMAX. You know, yeah, totally. Doctor Strange was that movie where it's like I felt like I'm glad to be here watching this in 3D IMAX. Now Dunkirk is not in 3D; it's in 2D. But this movie, you really have to watch it in IMAX. It is an it's an experience. It is absolutely amazing. The sound is amazing. Um, The Dolby Digital sound is absolutely amazing. If you have a Dolby Atmos near you, definitely see this. It'll blow your fucking dick off. Um, but the screen was amazing. The music for some people, they did not like it. I think it was, uh, oh, who did the music for this one? Was it Zimmer? It was Hans Zimmer. It was Hans Zimmer. Some people didn't like the music. I absolutely loved it. There's a constant ticking in the background and it's actually a, 
Uh, the ticking is actually a pocket watch that Christopher Nolan uses. They took the audio from that. But it makes oh, I can already tell you, I'll hate that. Oh man, wow! That's what gave me the anxiety. Is this kind? <laughs> I know of, that's an hour and forty minutes of. Yeah, there's certain points where, yeah, but see this movie. I'm getting anxiety just Scott doing it. There is more than seventy percent of this movie is filmed in IMAX, and some of the theaters even played it in seventy millimeter. Um, it actually beat out the Hateful Eight in 70 millimeter screenings uh, with 125, and then the Hateful Eight had 100. So this is the most 70 millimeter screenings that they've ever had in any theater. And I, I at the end of this movie, I was literally in tears, and I couldn't get up from my chair for probably like five minutes. And wow, it's it basically the music it, it ramps up. There's action, there's peril. It captures the fear and helplessness that these guys have in war. Like you watch a lot of war movies and you see like, you know, Rambo kicking ass and just, you know, taking names. And in this one, you just see men trying to survive and some of them die and you see that on screen. And it's just, there's, you see how bigger the the things that are happening around them are bigger than these men and it's unreal that some of these men even survive this um this is there's not a lot of dialogue like i said i I respect nolan's decision to do that um the sound of the ocean is amazing the bombs the planes the dog fights it was mind-blowing and it basically, it, the movie makes you feel like you are one of these soldiers and that you're you're helpless and you're just watching war unfold before you and you can't control anything. And you're just watching brave young men die and they can't do anything about it. And there are moments of heroism, but, you know, it's it's it, you're constantly on the edge of your seat and it's it's just an emotional journey and by the end of it you're just relieved for those that lived and and uh, there is a nice moment where you can kind of relax at the end of the movie um there's moment, moments that give you hope you you do root for people um but i i don't I, I don't know if there's much more i can really say about this uh it's 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 a fantastic movie it's a tupperware i Guys, you have to see this. You're going to lose a lot if you watch this at home. So go to the IMAX and spend the money to see it in 2D. I drove 45 minutes away so I could do that, and it was um, absolutely worth the drive and every every dollar I spent on the 2D IMAX. Yeah, I think I think it looks really good, and I really want to see it. But I mean, to be 100 percent honest with you, I mean, and the listeners, like I. I just think it would be too much anxiety for me right now with like some of the stuff I've been going through the last month with the family deaths and everything. I just, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't do this 90 minutes of an anxiety rush right now. So it's probably, I'm probably unfortunately going to wait until iTunes for it. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I I get that. I'm just telling our audience, like you don't want to miss this one. If 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 right. you love war movies, if you're a fan of World War II movies and, and war movies, this is the way to watch it. Just like if you were the one, if you were one of the people that missed seeing Gravity in 3D, um, don't don't lose don't lose out on this. This this is I sat right in the middle. I mean, all I could see was that big fucking screen, and like from the moment this movie starts, there is action and. Uh, you feel like you are in war. Like, um, you know, they've had people that were 
in this battle actually watch this movie and talk about how <laughs> I think one of the guys that watched it said um, this the, the movie was actually louder than the actual battle. So, <laughs> um, yeah, definitely do not miss out on this one. Uh, if you get a chance to see this in the theater, please do it. It is an experience. This is well worth paying that IMAX upcharge. So. Right. So you had said earlier this year that this was your most anticipated movie of the summer. Yeah. So did it live up to the hype? Is it is it your favorite film of the summer, or where does it land? So I'm just curious about that. Need a little bit more time to think about that one. It's 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 tough because I saw Baby Driver, and they're such different movies, but both of them affected me on different levels. So it's it's really it's it's. I mean, they're neck and neck. It's but it, those two are the, the two of the most fantastic movies I've seen all year. Yeah, for me, Baby Driver just kind of came out. I I I didn't know it was coming, and when it hit me, I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, that was really, really good. Holy goodness, it was good. Wasn't it just super cool, Jake? You had a chance to see it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I absolutely Tupperware it. I I I think it's my favorite movie of the summer. I it, I would agree. Yeah, and I agree with you, Scott. It kind of, I mean, I like Edgar Wright, and I like his movies, but I wasn't expecting, like, the masterpiece that was Baby Driver, honestly. I was just blown away by it. Like, the music, the emotion, the swag. It's such a fantastic movie. So, like, I I can't say enough good stuff about it. Yeah, Baby Driver. Such a great film. Uh, Let's see here. One more thing that I want to talk about real quick, and then I'll pass it on to you guys i uh finished breaking bad uh all five seasons and i actually just finished it last night uh, about fucking time yeah well it's one of those things that i've had you know on the back burner it took me about three weeks to finish it but uh i'll tell you one thing like uh, it's it's definitely slow character development and i was i was like are we actually gonna get to where the shit hits the fan in season five? Am I actually going to understand Walter White? Am I, man? I, I can't. This is this is a fantastic show. I, I it's a Tupperware. I, I don't know what else to say. If you've seen it, you, you've had your minds blown too. And I'm telling you, man, those those last few episodes of season five. I went through an emotional roller coaster with this, Scott. I oh mean, yeah, absolutely. Yep. I uh my favorite character in this whole series was Hank Schrader. And and he when I first was introduced to that character, I was just thinking he was just kind of like uh that's Dean Norris's character. And I was just kind of thinking like this guy is just like, you know, you know, DEA agent, you know, there's just one layer to this guy. There's nothing else. He's very uh, surface level, you know. And as you start to peel the layers of that character, and I started to really enjoy Hank Schrader. I really enjoyed that character. I loved that character. I loved him more than I loved Jesse. I loved him more than I loved, uh, you know, Walter White. By the end of the series, Scott, I hated Walter White. I fucking hated him. Why did you hate Walter White? He's the most... Oh, my God. You're watching, like, this downward spiral, this... You're watching somebody become evil. It's so fucked up, Scott. 
I don't I don't doubt that it's all fucked up, but to to a lesser extent, there's a little bit of Walter White living in each and every one of us. Oh yeah. Right? So in any given situation, I think that we all have the potential sure. for wickedly fucked up shit. Yeah, it, it's which dog do you feed though? You've got two dogs in you, okay, fighting. I, which dog are you feeding? And he fed the fucking wrong dog. And I the, the there's just so many like, – the way he treats Jesse towards the end and – oh, my God. I, I hated him. I hated – I loved the acting. Don't get me wrong. The acting was superb. Brian Cranston is – he's fucking amazing. But I hated him. Oh, God, I hated Walter. I started to hate him in season four and uh, it it never let up. I mean – I couldn't root for him, man. I was I was rooting I was Team Hank and Team Jesse, so Well, you know, he does get his and he does have his um uh redemption at the end. So there's there's some redemption for yeah, him. Yeah. And I you know like uh, Jake, you've seen it, right? Jake. I have not. Oh you have not? Oh, all right. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Um so we're gonna have to kinda talk our our way around it till we get Jake with this thing. I was reading this uh, poop <clears throat> orgasm article while you guys were talking about it. Oh, really? Okay, right on. So, um, some people complain about the end. I thought the end was perfect. Yeah. And then other people are like, "Well, no, you know, Jesse can come back and blah 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 blah." But I just—it's one of those. It, it was very satisfying. At the, the end of the series, was satisfying. I thought the acting was satisfying. There wasn't uh, a weak performance uh, in the bunch. Um, and the cool thing now is you can go back to watch Better Call Saul, yeah. and oh, you're really gonna love Better Call Saul now. I'm taking a break from the Breaking Bad world right now. I am gonna watch Better Call Saul, but like this was such a fucking emotional roller coaster that Vince Gilligan put me on <laughs> over the past three weeks that I don't know if I'm ready to jump back in this world quite yet. So I'm going to take a little time off to kind of like digest Breaking Bad and like what I just fucking watched because it was, oh my God, this series is fucking amazing. It's fucking amazing. It's so good. But on the flip side, it's, oh God, I, I, oh, I hate Walter. I'm sorry. I hate that man. I hate him. Oh, I hate him so much. I'll buy that. I'll I'll, I'll take it. It's still, in my humble opinion, it's probably the best drama series I've ever watched. And if you watched it live, yeah. Oh my god, that was amazing. I like can't, every other, yeah. you, you got to go to the next yeah. episode and go. Oh, I, oh, I get to go to the next one. We were like, "Fuck, how's he gonna get out of this shit?" Yeah. And then you know he get out, and then he get painted <laughs> in the corner again. And oh no, it can't get any worse. And then a week later, it got worse. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so good. So many, uh, I, I, you know, so many characters that I loved, you know, like I, Mike was great. Oh my gosh. Kristen Ritter was great in the series. Yep. Um, I mean, so, it's such a great show. So every season better than the one before in that show. Yeah. Yeah. For me, Absolutely. it was, for me, it was absolutely. I think like the first season was good. Second season was better. Third season. Yeah. I, I think the third season had some weak episodes the fourth season starting out had some weak episodes and then the fourth season just started to kick ass and then the fifth season was just fucking amazing and like this is one of those shows jake that sticks the landing man not many do and this one does and it leaves you just like wow 
Wow. I can't believe I just, I can't believe I just watched this. It's like the ultimate Tupperware. This is like one of, this is, I, I'm, I'm with you, Scott. I, I honestly feel like, I don't feel like I've ever watched a drama better than this. It, it, it no. really is that fucking good. It really is. It's, it, it it's crazy character development <laughs> in this show. And I feel bad, like, I, you know, like, I feel bad. I, I was feeling bad for Jesse in the first season. I'm like, this kid just needs to get clean and his family wants them clean. And it's like, I'm just watching him follow this evil old man. And I hate Walter White. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, such a great series though. All right. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to pass it off to somebody else. Um, can we take a break real quick? Yeah. Oh, awesome. back with uh, more good pop bad pop so i'm gonna hand it off to somebody who wants to jump in i'll jump in i've been trying to get back into anime and um find some stuff on <laughs> funimation and Crunchyroll, and i'm definitely up for advice from any listeners out there that know some good stuff i'm kind of more into the stuff that's a little bit more on the comedy side of things than anything i i, I don't like it to be completely wackadoo but i do like a little bit of humor and not just like the super serious stuff, even though some of that is really good too. But um, the one I've been watching lately is uh, My Hero Academia. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Academia? Academia. There you go. That's probably right. Um, I'd watched a little bit of this before, and I kind of picked back up into it. And I really like it a lot. Um, it's definitely a Tupperware for me. I think I'm going to try to Blitzkrieg through the two seasons that are available right now. Uh, I think I'm watching this on... Funimation. I think it's on both, though. I think you can watch it on Crunchyroll and Funimation. Um, the basic premise is everyone has superpowers. 80% of the population has what they call a quirk and some power or another. Um, a bunch of them are completely like benign that don't even matter, but a lot of them give you the ability to be either a superhero or a supervillain. And the show kind of really explores all these different wacky powers and like people's judgments and beliefs on whether they're going to be the hero or the villain. And on top of that, the main character is one of the 20% that doesn't have a power and you get to kind of see it all through his eyes as he's learning to be a hero without even having a power himself. He's just kind of been inspired through events in his life that I won't spoil or spell out here to take on the superhero path without, you know, even having an ability to do so. Um, it's a really neat cartoon. It's got a really different animation style than a lot of your typical <laughs> anime. It doesn't look like, you know, your copy and paste anime, and I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I really like it. That's cool. Does anybody have, like, the power to uh, shit and masturbate at the same time? Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. They just haven't got to that. I'm sure they'll have an entire episode around that, All like right. just like a one-off episode. Yeah, follow up on that and let us know. 
But yeah, I no. will let you know. That sounds really cool. My Hero Academia. Yes. Nice. I might. So yeah, you were telling, you were texting me saying, Brian, you need to check this out. Yeah, I, I think it's really cool. It's really fun. It's and like I said, it's a nice mix between like it gets very very serious, but when it's funny and wacky, it's very funny and wacky, and I, I kind of like that a lot. Yeah, I think it almost makes it more serious, honestly, when the serious stuff really ratchet ratchets up. Yeah, yeah. So, One minute you're laughing, the next minute it does get serious. I love shit like that. So, yeah. So good stuff. Um, yeah. Other than that, I've just you know been watching my normal crap. <laughs> lots of lots of wrestling and Big Brother this summer for me. Yeah, let's skip that. Um, <laughs> uh, Scott, what do you got? Okay, I got a few things. Uh, question number one: Have uh, you gentlemen? Uh, do you like the movie The Mist? Oh, I, I love it. Are yeah. you talking about the Durabot Stephen King adaptation? Yeah, yeah, Thomas Jane, The Mist. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Without yeah. that movie, The Walking Dead wouldn't exist. Pretty sure that you're right. Uh, did, are you aware that they made a TV show off of that? It's on um, one of my favorite channels, uh, Spike TV. Yeah, Spike yeah. TV. I, I am aware. I'm getting super excited that you're you're the guinea pig for this, and you're going to tell me if I should give a shit. Yep. Um, this show um, it's a it's loosely based on Stephen King's novel, uh, The Mist, and the movie. Um, you know, The Mist is one of my favorite fucking movies scared the shit out of me um this tv show however um wow it's uh it's one of the stupidest tv shows i've ever seen there how do you do the mist i'm gonna ask this question how do you do the mist without any monsters there there really hasn't been any monsters so no reveal whatsoever how did they um how did they have suspense um, there is a mist that comes into the town, so spoilers, uh, there's this uh, government experiment that opens up a parallel dimension, and this town gets covered in a mist, and these interdimensional creatures come in, and there's some really deep thoughts around how people uh, deal with uh, strange situations like that, and there's a, a lot, lot to be said about uh, religious dogma in this movie. It's awesome. Uh, the TV show, uh, basically, these people get killed by bugs. It's all about how Mother Nature is. Um, you can't fuck with Mother Nature. Is it the, uh, it's, but, it's, it's, it should be called The Happening. I know. But you don't ever see the bugs. No, no, you see the bugs. Uh, one's a, um, you see the moth. Uh, so, like, one guy, uh, he's got, like, this. Um, you ever seen the, um, I think it's called, oh, shoot. Um Oh, shoot, the the moth that's got the skull on it, it's just like a dead man's moth or something like that. Have you ever seen that? Oh, I, yeah. I, like, yeah. Big, from like yeah. Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, yeah. He's got a tattoo of it on his back. And then one flies into this dude's ear while he's talking to some old lady. And then uh, next thing you know, his, his, he sprouts moth wings and a whole bunch of moths fly out of his mouth. Ooh, that was fucking scary, not... Um, how many how many episodes of this have you watched so far, Scott? Um, I have watched six because oh, Mrs. Shooty wow. digs it. So uh, <laughs> I love my wife, and I will watch. Uh, I, I I got busted though. Um, you you know this, Jake? <laughs> you you pull out your phone and you start doing shit while they're watching something that you're not interested in, and you get busted for it. Yeah, no, I I can't even get away with that you anymore. That's all right. You should have told her that you were like looking at moths on Wikipedia because you were so into this show. 
Oh, God. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to figure it out. It doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever because some people can run through the mist and not get attacked by whatever and other people can't run through the mist and get and i there's some underlying current because i've been like trying to figure out what the fuck's going on so i'm doing research on it so i can enjoy it a little bit so it has something to do with sin and so like his brother there was an episode his brother and he's trying to save his brother's life and he's a real big douchebag and he gets stuck in the mist and a whole I, I, ceiling full of leeches falls on him, and he dies that way. And I'm like, where did the fucking leeches come from? Um, why did it dive on this guy and not his other? It's, stay as far away from it as you possibly can. I should have expected as much from Spike TV. It's a toss-it. This show is awful. It's Wow. Well, yeah, that doesn't surprise me too much. I mean, what makes the short story and the movie work is the feeling of claustrophobia that both of them give you. Like, that's the whole point of the story, mm-hmm. is you're, you're trapped in the isolated area with the unknown outside. And it sounds like this breaks that rule within the first episode, basically. Uh, there is some of that. Like, there's three different groups of people. One's stuck in a church, another one's stuck in a... In a um, in a hospital, and the other one's stuck in, uh, yeah, but just, in a mall. Just but they're going back knowing, and forth. Even in the story and in the movie, you don't know. For all you know, the people in the grocery store could be it. Right. You know, yeah. you don't you don't know, and and that's what makes that work. And just seeing that like group of people that are so different from each other, like breaking down in that survival mode, and what that does to you. And the religious aspects are amazing, like you said, Scott. And yeah, that's a shame. What a what a cop out way to just use the Stephen King name. Unfortunately, it, Stephen King lets that be done with his stuff. Well, this yeah, I know. Well, you could apparently you can produce a movie. Yeah. Um, you could buy the rights to a movie for like a dollar. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it's true. Stephen King, he'll let you write stories about his stories for like for a, a dollar. For a dollar, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, stay away from this. It, it's just, it's not scary. And again, where are the monsters? There, I, I want something scary in here. There was one. Um, the internet's calling him Mister Misty. Like this dark veil of a creature came in and killed somebody, but then went away. And I haven't seen him for three episodes. So I'm like, I, I, I don't know. If I'm gonna invest my time in something scary, at least have it thrill me or put me on edge. And this is just a yawn fest. It's pretty bad. So Mister Misty. Mr. Misty. Hmm. Um, the other movie, well, I've got a couple things. And then Jake, uh, not Jake, I'm sorry, Brian, you and I talked before the show about uh, my last uh, bit of good pop, bad yeah, pop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Netflix continues to put out good stuff. But one of the, uh, just the other night, we were, uh, there's there's a new um, line. It says um, critically acclaimed movies. So I'm like, going, okay, so these are pretty good. It was trending. Have either of you seen Backcountry? No. No. Ever heard of this movie, Back Country? Bat? No. Ba- bat Country back. or Back? Back Country. Like, no. I'm going into the Back Country. No, haven't heard of it. All right. So it was it was trending on my Netflix, which means it's probably one of the movies they think I'll like. And it was in, then it showed up in Critically Acclaimed. So we looked at it, and I wanted to talk about it because it was, um, well, a long time ago, I used to be a uh, camp counselor. So we would spend many a night in the woods um, with bears. And I've got to tell you, this is uh, this is the best lost in the woods 
while being chased by a bear movie that I think I've ever seen. Yeah, all <laughs> all maybe two of them. Yeah, it's got uh, a, it's got a lot to live up to. Big shoes to fill. Yeah, that that's a genre I'm really tired of, to be honest with you. Yeah, I know there's so many of them. Uh, but I got to tell you, you know what? It really did work because um, if you've ever well, I don't want to put it. If you've ever been in the woods, uh, first of all, getting lost in the woods is really not good. That's what I loved about um, Blair Witch. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It was that whole they're lost in the woods. And if you've ever been lost in the woods, like that feeling comes over you being lost like, holy shit. So um, it stars uh, Jeff Roop. He's in the, a TV show called Ransom. And then uh, Missy Peregrine is his girlfriend. She's from Reaper. So there's really oh, just I two love of them. Her. They- yes. And I loved Reaper. So, yeah, they they go out on this like canoe trip and he's this big. He's like, oh, I've been in the backwoods uh, all my life. I don't need a map like the guys like you want a map. I don't need a map. And he's planning on proposing to her. So he's going to take her to this place that he's used to always going to. And um, once you know it, uh, they get lost. Duh. Right. And she doesn't have her cell phone. And so there's that aspect of being lost in the woods that was going on. Um, And then. You know, while they're lost, they only have a couple more days of food and water, and they don't know what to do, and they're fighting and all this good stuff. Um, along comes a big old black bear in the middle of the night, and from there it just kind of ramps its way up. Really well done. Um, especially the thing that I'm going to give it a I'm going to give it a high taste that I can't Tupperware it. Uh, the only reason I'm giving it a high taste is like in so many thriller movies or horror movies, um, the people are just stupid. So, you know, uh, Brian, if you're in a tent and you look outside your tent and there's like a big, oh, I'm going to say he's like eight to 10 foot black bear. Yeah. And he's eat and he's eating your food. Um, are you going to yell at it from inside of the tent? Probably not. I'm probably going Prob- to let him eat my food and just uh, wait for him to fucking leave. Yeah, yeah, and if he came up to you, would you pull a Leonardo DiCaprio and like kick him in the head? Would, would you would you want to kick a bear in the head? I, I I wouldn't recommend it. There's so many things these people do that are just like stupid. And and Lynn and I are watching this movie, and of course, yeah, part of that does build tension because you end up screaming at the at the TV like, <laughs> "Don't you fucking you idiot! You, oh, 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 you geez, just kicked him in the head! Fuck, what the fuck? Ah, oh, jeez! Oh man." Um, but that being said, there's a lot of dread to the film. Very, very exciting. And um, I dug it. It was great. So that's that's Backcountry. You can get that on Netflix. There, lit- literally, um, no, like, there was literally nothing in your review that sounded like you liked this at all. Oh, <laughs> no. I loved it. I fucking loved it. But you know me. I like to rant about shit. No, that's great. I loved it. It, like, it, was, it was really good. I, but – the fun stuff is all the stupid stuff. No, I, mean, I could go on for an hour about how fucking stupid they were. No, that's great. I love it. I hate the movie. No, I love it. It's like backcountry. Back uh, yeah, stupid characters making dumb decisions, uh, kicking bears in the head. Uh, fucking loved it. Uh, you know, so <laughs> it sounds like your, you know, Spider-Man Homecoming review. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with this movie. Let's go on for 90 minutes about all the things I hated about it. That's the thing. It's easy. No, it's so easy to talk about the things that we hate in a movie that we did like. Um, it, you oh, know, definitely. And it's sometimes fun. Yeah. 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 Sometimes. This time it was fun. And I didn't even get, I didn't even scratch the surface about how stupid this guy was. Like he hurts his foot right away. You know, the dude hurts his foot. Um, almost immediately after getting, you know, dropping off the canoe, he drops the canoe on his foot and br- almost like breaks his toe. 
I'm like, you know what? Your trip is over, dude. I know you're going to hike like four or five miles up into. No, no, no. You you go home and you have that looked at because there's like no one around. Anyway, I, I don't want to get too much into it because um, high taste at backcountry. Um, the other thing that I watched, just watched today, uh, there's this movie out called uh, Slight by from WWE Pictures and Blumhouse. Have I, you guys seen Slight or heard about Slight? Yeah, it's I've the heard, uh, I've heard about it. Yeah, it's it's like a superhero supernatural kind of movie. Kind of. Yeah. So Slight, and by the way, when I when I saw the WWE logo pop up on it today, I was like, oh no. And then Blumhouse came up behind it. I'm like, okay, I've got a little more faith in it because. Blumhouse, for the most part, they they, they really roll. They do really well in the yeah. work they produce. They yeah. usually they don't grab onto scripts that are cheesy anymore. They they really pick out some good stories. They're a great storytelling yeah. studio, so and, I dig that. And director driven. I mean, you get you oh, know, so you know Jordan Peele, and like you know you got your uh, Insidious films. Was that James Wan? So yeah, yep. So McFarlane coming up. Oh, you know what? That's the one thing that gives me hope for Spawn is it's Blumhouse. Yeah. That, that, I'm like, take my money. And then you rightfully brought up that McFarlane's going to direct. And I'm like, don't take my money yet. Yeah, that's one of those things. And I, I keep thinking to myself, I keep thinking to myself, it's like, ah, everybody's got to start somewhere. So, I'm, you know, let's give him a shot and see what he does. So I'm hoping he realizes he bit off more than he can chew. Yeah. And it's kind of like he's just there, and he gets a, a another guy to really direct the film. Well, there, there will hopefully they'll have a second unit director to kind of like rein him in because it's going to be he's going to have like all these like elaborate scenes that he wants to do, and they're going to be like Todd, we on our budget, we and just logistically we can't shoot it like this, man. So yeah, and he's not going to be the guy to be able to figure out how to do it for seventy percent cheaper, right? Exactly. Like that's no. not his forte. So he right. really needs to step back and find a guy that has a vision that can, you know, come in and do this for the budget that it calls for. I'm, I know I'm off on a tangent on this. No, but you're fine. Yeesh. Uh-huh. All right. Well, anyway, Slight. Um, so the movie stars Jacob Lattimore uh, as this uh, kid named Bo. Uh, Jacob is in the Maze Runner. He's also coming out in Detroit. I believe that opens Friday. Yeah, uh, um, not everywhere though. It's uh, limited uh, release when it first comes out. That's with John Boyega, and then right. hopefully it'll get a wider release after that. But it's going to be in select cities. So yeah, we we get it on Friday. I, depending upon where it's at, this has been a weird summer too. I know we're kind of going all over the place, but I can't remember a summer where there were more really well critically acclaimed movies in the summer in a long fucking time you're you know of course talking about the emoji movie brian you were saying i was saying you're of course talking about the emoji movie that just came out <laughs> um i'm gonna get to that in a minute uh, that, that was an amazing piece of cinema uh you saw it no, you know I didn't see it. I, I have enough information to know I don't want to see it. I almost, knowing that you guys asked for help today, I tried to acquire it. You you can't even acquire it, which is unheard of for most new movies. Most new movies, you can acquire it. I mean, oh, they, they got that part okay, then. That's like the I, only thing they did right. <laughs> that they hid it from the internet? Yeah, they stopped piracy <laughs> on the only fucking movie that hardly anyone wanted to pirate. Oh, God. No, I heard it's terrible. Um, no, uh, I'm not going to see that. Apparently, um, Patrick Stewart only has like three lines as the poop emoji. What? Eh. 
Yeah, no. It, so did you hear the story? I know we're going to get to slight in a minute. Did you hear the story behind the emoji movie? I have not. So these emojis live in uh, a phone, right? And they all wait so they can get put on the grid so that they can get, get sent out as uh, messages. And there's a boy who wants to text this girl that he likes, and he doesn't know which emoji to send. That's plot A. That that's a real fucking plot. And then um, that's not too shabby on paper. Uh, and then the um, the meh emoji is actually I can't remember the comedian who plays him, but he uh, he he's finding out that he has more emotions than just meh, and so he's broken. Oh, that's exciting. I know. He's oh, the broken, broken mess. The broken mess. So the, he uh, he actually uh, teams up with um, an emoji called Jailbreak, and they have to travel the land of apps. So it's just littered with um, app advertisement. Like they go to YouTube, and they go to Facebook, and then uh, there's a big plot apparently where they have to get to Dropbox. Yeah, yeah I mean – I mean, it's not the it's not the worst idea, but it's just the execution and the the property that makes it so terrible. Because in many ways, it's kind of the same thing Wreck It Ralph Two is getting ready to do. Well, Wreck It Ralph at least was entertaining, right? Well, Wreck It Ralph yeah, dealt so, with video games. This is dealing with the moticons. This is fucking I'm talking stupid. Talking about Wreck It Ralph Two, which is um about the internet and you know him moving on. To, oh, like, I don't know nothing about, about Wreck It Ralph Two, so. I bet it'll be awesome, John C. No, Riley. Yeah, that's my that's my point. It's, it's just the it's the the idea. It sounds like there's some creative ideas here. It's just the um, how blatant the the property placing on it is. Listen to Jake so wanting to be listen to Jake wanting to be part of the uh, Emoji Movie Writers Room over here. <laughs> I don't want to be part of it. It sounds like they don't need me. Uh, all right. Well, I'm. Um, before I go and, and masturbate and poop, I'm going to talk a little bit about Slight then. Um, Jacob Larimore plays this kid named Bo. Uh, he is a um, – he, he lost both his parents, and his mentor was his um, high school scientist – science teacher, excuse me. So it kind of starts out – they briefly tell you what's going on in this kid's life, and he's doing sleight of hand on the street magic and making money that way. So uh, he's taking care of his sister, so he's got a younger sister – they live in the house their parents had, and um, that's going on. Then we find out that to make real money, he's selling recreational drugs. So something like uh, it's I don't know. They said it was like Mary Jane or something. It wasn't marijuana, but it was some pill that it, that uh, that he could sell. And he's one of these um, dealers. Like he's just a kid, and he's just he's a good kid. You can tell he's a good kid, and this is the only way that he can really make some money. And you you know it starts off that his drug you know his drug kingpin is this. Um, uh, he's a Real nice guy, likes him. Hey, you know what, uh, Bo, you do real nice work. You sell a lot of stuff. I'm going to get you more involved and have you sell more stuff, blah, blah, blah. And the deeper he gets into this world of drugs, the the worse it gets. And he wants out. It's like, I want to get out, right? And he meets a young lady named Holly. Um, that's Seychelle uh, Gabrielle from Falling Skies. She plays Lourdes. Um we learn through the course of his adventures that he has this special device that is on his arm that helps him do a particular magic trick. 
And what he decides to do is kind of up the strength of this device so he could use it to get out of the situation that he's in. And um, it's kind of a origin story of sorts of like a hero, superhero kind of origin story. He doesn't have a photon blast or anything coming out of his arm or whatnot. He, he manipulates metal objects with this device that he's got. It's a very Tony Stark kind of device if you watch it. Um, and I'm going to give it a solid taste. It. I mean, some people have said, oh, it's the superhero movie that Marvel and DC wish they could have had. And it, it's it's not. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a really nice, it's a really nice story. It, I, I was blown away. The, the acting is for the most part, really solid. Like Jacob Lattimore as Bo is, he's phenomenal. He's really, really good. And, um, Holly's really, really good. So there's some really strong performances. Um, but the end, and there's a couple fist pumping moments like, yeah, that was really cool. Real slow build. Um, the end of this movie, it just kind of ends, very abruptly ends, leaving the door open to a sequel, so to speak. And that's going to piss a lot of people off. Uh, Lynn and I looked at each other and went, huh? Uh, it's not enough for me to say, well, I, I, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, if you, know, you want to see something different in an origin story, especially you know, of a young urban kid that doesn't have a lot of money, what is he going to do? This isn't a throw on the tights or the cape. It's not eye boy. It really is just, you know, um, a young teen who finds himself in a tough place and uses what he knows how to do magic and science to get him out of a, out of a jam. So that's slight. Um, and you can get that on Blu-ray. It's, it's worth the watch. Cool. It's, that's very um, weird that WWE is involved with that. Was there any cameos involved in that? <sighs> okay, so I'm... I haven't regularly watched um, wrestling in years, so the wrestlers that I would have re- uh, recognized, none of none of them were in it. Um, I, I uh, off the top of my head, I can't I can't think of any. If you do watch it and you see some, let me know. Uh, but I didn't see it. Although WWE is putting their finger on a bunch of different projects without any wrestlers in it these days, they're really kind of expanding their studio. Okay. Okay. Huh. Would you compare it more to like kind of like a chronicle type film? Kinda, but yeah. it's more there. It's there's not, very little sci-fi. Yes, yeah. it's far more drama than it is sci-fi. It's far more relationship and what this kid's going through than the magical shit that he can do. Right? Okay. Does that make sense? No, that, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Just trying to figure. It sounds out. cool. I've seen the commercials it's, for it, and I was just trying to figure out like what kind of movie this is because the commercials didn't really justify the synopsis when I watched it. I don't know. Yeah, no, the, they really hype machine this to death. Maybe that's what the WWE did. They just turned on the hype machine for it because I remember seeing the uh, trailer in the theaters, and I was going, "That looks really cool. That looks very, very interesting. I'm interested in this." And um, Again, it's a solid taste. It's a it's a good movie. I'll, um, I I would definitely rent it if you, if you saw it. If you want to see something different, for sure. But yeah, don't expect Chronicle. Don't don't expect the Avengers for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> maybe in the sequel they'll they'll explore more of the hero's journey. Uh, this was more of a hey, I've got this thing that helps me make money uh, on the side that maybe it can help me get out of this jam. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to see it, so I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, for sure. 
Let's talk uh, about. Last but not least, oh, yeah, go, oh ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry, Brian. I thought we were going to talk about the big sick. That's what I was going to get into. I was going to talk about the big sick. Aha. All right. Yeah. Something. Uh, Jake, have you seen the big sick? I have not. All right. Um, briefly, it's Kumail uh, Nanjiani. Yes. I actually had to look that up. You know, he tweeted. He goes, my name is pronounced exactly how it's spelled. <laughs> Sounded out, you assholes. That's <laughs> <laughs> what he said. Um, he plays himself uh, as a Pakistani comedian. Um, uh, Zoe Kazan plays uh, his girlfriend in the movie, who later um, becomes his wife. Um, and we, of course, we got Holly Hunter and Ray Romano. Um, he, uh, Brian, what did you think of this movie? You can't leave out A.D. Bryant and Bo Burnham. They're also in this film. Oh, yes, for sure. So, uh, yeah. Uh, let me just read the quick synopsis about this one. A couple deals with their cultural differences as their relationship grows. Kumail, in the middle of becoming a budding stand-up comedian, meets Emily. Meanwhile, a sudden illness sets in, forcing Emily to be put into a medically induced coma. Kumail must navigate being a comedian, dealing with tragic illness, and placating his family's desire to let them fix him up with a spouse, while contemplating and figuring out who he really is and what he truly believes. Uh, I absolutely loved this movie. I thought it was fantastic. It's one of the best romance comedies I've ever seen. It's right up there with When Harry Met Sally, but it's a completely different story. It's a love story about, you know, cultural differences that can affect relationships. Uh, they really shouldn't, but they do, whether it be your family getting involved or whether it just be you letting your family get involved. Um, it's, <laughs> People, some, some families have strong and, and some, some different cultures have strong traditions. And, uh, you know, Kumail's family being Pakistani wanted him to be with a Pakistani woman. And this causes problems with his relationship with Emily. They, they basically break up. And I mean, then we are, she's in the coma and we're introduced to Holly Hunter and Ray Romano as the parents of Emily. And man, this, they are fantastic in this film. Holly Hunter and Ray Romano, their chemistry together as a couple is great. The love that they have for their daughter is great. Um, the interactions that they have with Kumail are great. Um, this movie is absolutely fantastic. And I found out that this movie is actually based on how Kumail Nanjiani and his real wife in real life, Emily V. Gordon, how they met and fell in love. And she's also a co-writer on this. And, um, I, I, this, the story's amazing. Um, the, it's, it's one of the best romance comedies and one of the weirdest romance comedies I've ever seen because you basically watch a character fall in love with someone while they're in a coma. It's so fantastic. I don't, what did you think, Scott? Oh man, I Tupperware this. I'm gonna say it's it's probably one of the best movies I've seen all all summer. Yeah, in a really great summer. Yeah, so I would go Baby Driver number one. I would put this one number two. I didn't know that it was a true story until the end of the film. At the end of the film, they tell you this is based on a true story, and it made me love the movie even more. Yeah, like the fact that all of a sudden they throw up real pictures. It just oh my gosh. I'm smiling ear to ear. I'm just got the, all the warm fuzzies. It was, it was awesome. It was just fantastic. 
and you're right, Ray Romano. Holy shit, where yeah. did he come from? Yeah. He was so good. Now, this is no welcome to Mooseport bullshit. This is no. great. <laughs> oh, so good. And, you know, the funny thing is you're like – and there's a lot of dis- – it's so discussion-worthy too, especially if it's a great date movie. Yes. You want to go on – got to take uh, someone on a date to this movie because there's so many great things to talk about. So Lynn and I are driving home and we're talking about all these great things. And so Ray Romano is – you know, so – you know, Camille shows up and, you know, uh, Emily's in a coma and their parents are there. And immediately, you know, uh, the mom's like, you can go now. Uh, we don't want you around because you <laughs> right. broke our daughter's heart. What yeah. are you doing here? Like, you can go. And he doesn't want to go. He feels bad. He genuinely feels bad about what's going on. And, he, and uh, but Ray Romano, the dad's like, nah, you can stay. And he's been like super nice to Camille. Like, hey, you know, give this guy a chance. And I'm sitting there going, What's your motivation? And then they show you later in the film why he was doing that, and it was so genuine, it was so real. I'm like, wow, I would have done the same thing. Yeah. I would have totally done the same thing. Hey, man, I totally get it. You know what? I fucked up too in my life. You fucked up. Everybody deserves a second chance, especially if you love this woman. There is um, – um, Brian, do you remember the 9-11 joke in the middle of the film? Uh, I'm trying to remember if I remember the 9-11 joke. No, I don't. You don't remember? Okay, so the, in the middle of the film, there's a joke, and I don't want to tell the joke or ruin it, but uh, they're, you know, he's Pakistani. And yes, 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 I remember. I remember now. And they, yeah. And they ask him, what did, you know, well, what do you think about 9-11? And his response was the most awkward, funny thing I have ever heard our whole theater laughed in uh, for a good solid three minutes yeah right so the joke is over but you're still laughing and you're laughing because it's funny as hell but it's also completely inappropriate and awkward and and oh is it was brilliant yeah i haven't I haven't experienced a joke like that in a, in a comedy in a long long time everybody should go see this movie um i think it's still doing well isn't it uh, yeah, I think it's doing quite well. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it was like at a 98%, and it's doing really well in the box office. Uh, Low-budget film, so it's made its money back very quickly. Uh, there are some X-Files references in the movie because oh, – yeah. <laughs> well, Oh, no. Yeah, he's a huge X-Files fan. He does an X-Files does podcast. X-Files podcast, yeah. yeah. So his ringtone is the X-Files uh, theme song, and, and there's other X-Files you know, uh, references in the show, and – this, I mean, it's so, so good. Uh, he does do some comedy bits. Some of the other comedians do comedy bits. A.D. Bryant does some comedy bits. They're all stand-up. Um, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's a, it's a great, great movie. Uh, Emily V. Gordon, the real Emily, uh, she's the co-writer. She can be seen in the last scene of the film in the comedy club. She's standing near C.J. and Mary. So, oh, cool. Kind of, I'm going to definitely look for that on my second viewing because this is definitely a movie one of those movies like when it does come out on hbo or showtime or whatever i'm definitely going to want to watch again so if you can catch this in theaters i highly recommend it it is fantastic it's so good it's one of those movies that when it pops on i'm gonna watch oh yeah. right i'm yeah. channel flipping and it's there i'm gonna stop and watch it it's that good the actors that play kumail's parents are great and the way that they want to set him up with like you know a pakistani 
wife and things like that. And it's really, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's got a little bit of that, uh, my big fat Greek wedding in it with that aspect. And it's, I loved it. I thought it was so good. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. The trailers for it look fantastic. And uh, he, he's great. He's really funny and all the like little, he has a lot of small parts and a lot of comedies in the last three or four years. So it's nice to finally see him get his due. All right. You guys ready to, are you guys done? Are we done with the good pop, pop, pop? Cause I am done. I'm, I'm yeah, let's done. Get out, let's get out of here. All right. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's move on into some news. All right, news.com in Australia had some Terminator news that involved James Cameron. Uh, it went on to say, Cameron says he is in negotiations to oversee a new three-film arc if the ongoing issues with the rights to the franchise can be resolved. Uh, the rights to make the films have changed several times since the release of the first film, but under U.S. copyright law, some rights will revert to Cameron in 2019. Schwarzenegger would be involved to some extent in the proposed trilogy, but the plan would be to introduce new characters to pass the baton. The question is, here's what Cameron says. The question is, has the franchise run its course or it can be freshened up? Can it still have relevance now where so much of our world is catching up to what was science fiction in the first two films? We live in a world of predator drones and surveillance and big data and emergent AI. Uh, so I am in discussions with David Ellison, who is the current rights holder globally for the Terminator franchise, and the rights in the U.S. market revert to me under U.S. copyright law in a year and a half. So he and I are talking about what we can do. Right now, we are leaning toward doing a three-film arc and reinventing it. So uh, basically, we know that our director of this first film in the trilogy is going to be Deadpool director for the first film, Tim Miller. And we know that James Cameron is wanting to stay on as a producer um, my thoughts have not changed. Um, I was once looking forward to having James, com- James Cameron come back after Terminator Genesis and more time to sit and marinate on the thought. I'm done with Terminator. It, you're not going to get better than Terminator 2. It's, it's done. I'm done. I, I don't know if James, some Cameron- of those, go yeah, ahead. Some of those quotes are really annoying too. Like, how, you're never going to reinvent anything if it's Arnold Schwarzenegger again, right? Um, he said I, I, they said what, what, Schwarzenegger would be involved to some extent. Yeah, I, Jake, I'm with you. you. You've got to find a way to reinvent the Terminator without having Arnold cameos or even Arnold coming back and playing a scientist or something just to make a cameo in the film. You got to get rid of Arnold and you got to move on. It's yeah. If the series, it almost it's, it's like it accepts that it it is Arnold, and it until it can move away from that preconception, it can never survive on its own again. Yeah, but it's it, Cameron. It's Cameron, and he's like, well, you know, since I'm not going to make True Lies true too with Arnold, I'd love to work with him again. Yeah, it's I, I'm with you 100. percent It's over and done. Scott, what are you thinking? The only thing I'd want to see is because they fucked it up in Salvation. I want them to see the war on uh, Cyberdyne, right? I, I want to see that done right. I mean, you could do it right, but that that was shit. 
they totally focused on the wrong character there. But I'm okay if they don't, you know, because I'm, I don't know, I'm getting old. I want to see new shit before I die, and I'm not going to get any more of that. I'm going to get more shit that, you know, I, I loved as a kid being rehashed or told, you know, it's like telling the poop and masturbation joke for an entire uh, podcast episode. Eventually it's going to get old and I'm tired of it. I, I want a new joke. Yeah, I honestly, with the Terminators, you can just, in my opinion, just if you're going to do something, just do something fucking crazy with us. Give us that RoboCop versus Terminator movie or give us, you know, and it's not even it's not even Peter Weller anymore. So fuck it. I don't want that either. Um, No. You know, or just give us, give us, you know, John Wick versus Terminators or something. Give us Expendables versus Terminators. Just don't go back to this bullshit well of stupid stories uh, that, 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 that just haven't been hitting us. Like, Terminator was great. Terminator 2 was fantastic. And then they just progressively just didn't, they kind of missed the mark in certain ways. And, uh, especially with the last one, such a huge miss with Terminator Genesis. I, I'm just kind of done with the series, and it doesn't matter that uh, Cameron's coming back. For all I know, he's going to make the Terminators blue, and they're going to have tails and plug into shit. I don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everything will be underwater. <laughs> Did either of you watch the Sarah Connor, Connor Chronicles? Yes. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Loved it. Were you, are you both pissed that that show just ended? Yes. It ended oh, where yeah. it did. Yeah. It was a good cliffhanger too. It sucks. Oh, it was so great. Wasn't I it was one so of those? Looking forward to it. Wasn't it one of those shows that was just too expensive for Fox, and so they just like dropped it? I'm not uh, sure. I, I'm sure. I think it was a combo of that and the low ratings. Yeah, it's yeah. got a solid rating on both IMDb and TV.com, and 92 percent of the people that watched the show loved it. I would. I wouldn't mind something like that. That was great. You know, we yeah. didn't have Arnold. You had a female Terminator, and and um, lots of really cool threads throughout there. But I don't know if it's movie worthy. It was uh, Summer Glau too, right? She was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm done with Terminator, gentlemen. Yeah, it's over. It's over. Just right. watch the first two over and over and over again. Absolutely. Watch the first two over and over again. Forget three. Salvation. Yeah. And then Terminator Genesis. Just fucking. Just instead of watching that, just fucking masturbate and take a shit. Um, <laughs> guys, we're getting John Wick 3. We know that. We're also getting a John Wick comic book that's going to tell the origin story of John Wick. Uh, we're also going to get, this is weird, a John Wick TV series they've been talking about that doesn't feature John Wick. So I'm guessing it's just going to be about assassins and the assassins hotels that they've kind of set up within the John Wick world is my best guess. Uh, THR now, go ahead. Somebody was going to say something. Uh, that's crazy. It, it makes sense what it would be about, but how do you even sell that? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's kind of like, uh, Gotham. It deals with, uh, it's Gotham without Batman. So, you know, I don't know. Same kind of thing. Even though we get Bruce, little Bruce Wayne. Uh, THR is now reporting that we might possibly be getting our first John Wick spinoff film, which will expand the Assassin's Universe, but this time with a female lead. Here are the details. Lionsgate has won a bidding war to pick up a female-centric spec action script titled Ballerina that will serve as a platform for a possible John Wick spinoff. This is not 100% confirmed, but Lionsgate has won the bidding war 
to this script, which the script really has nothing to do with John Wick, but they can work it into the story very easily. Uh, Basil Iwanek, uh, whose Thunder Road banner is behind the Hitwick action franchise starring Keanu Reeves, will produce Ballerina. The deal marks the first sale for Shea Hatton. He's the writer, the 23-year-old scribe who idolizes Shane Black uh, and is currently working as a writer's assistant for Robert Downey Jr.'s production company, company Team Downey. Ballerina has been described as being in the vein of La Femme Nikita, the 1990 female-centric assassin movie that helped launch the career film uh, career of filmmaker Luc Besson, but with a more pulpy, hyper-stylized, bent a la Quint- Quentin Tarantino or Matthew Vaughn. Details are being kept under the tutu. Oh, that's a stupid pun. Um, <laughs> but the story is known to center on a young woman raised as an assassin who must hunt down the other assassins that murdered her family. So it basically sounds like a female Punisher sent set within the John Wick universe, possibly. So are, are you, <laughs> that's kind of crazy. What? A, it's kind of cheap, right? Let's just make Jane Wick. Jane Wick. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool, but I want it to have more meaning than just, like, it it sucks to know behind the scenes we just took this other movie and just, like, wrote two extra scenes in it to put it in the John Wick universe. Yeah, like a little post-credit scene where John Wick shows up or something. Yeah, or just they filmed one more scene where she stops by the Assassin's Hotel. Yeah, I I think in order for people to really understand that this is a John Wick spinoff, you have to see Keanu Reeves in the film. I don't yeah, I don't yeah. think the Assassin's Hotel, even like the front desk clerk, is enough for casual audiences to know. I think they literally have to see John Wick. Can't yeah, or call the movie Jane Wick. Yeah, true. Aren't we getting this movie right now with Atomic Blonde? Like, it sounds like the same thing just set within the John Wick universe. Yeah. Hey, that's that's not too far fetched a thought. Scott, so are you going to see Atomic Blonde? Me, I'm going to see it Tuesday. Yeah, nice. It looks good. Might see it tomorrow. Scott, what are you thinking about this? Do you want to see uh, John Wick spinoff movies? I don't mind exploring the universe. I love that idea because I think the universe is really really cool. Yeah. So yeah, the the oh, man, I keep forgetting the name of the hotel, but you you can have an entire universe start there and then branch off into different stories. So maybe there's a another uh, assassin who's got um, a different story or yeah. some mob boss that that has a story and they and, and the throughput then becomes not John Wick, but throughput becomes the this assassin's world and all mm-hmm. the lore and all that other groovy stuff that's part of it. Uh, I, I I'm all for that. I I don't know how you sell that to um, to an audience other than to say, you know what I'm going to do is – and here's where the, they'll fuck it up. So the way they'll fuck it up is they'll say, here's a spinoff to John Wick. And what I'd rather have them say is, here's this really great story about um, this assassin or this mob group or whatever that's got this really great story. And oh, by the way, it happens to be centered in this universe. If they do it that way – It'll be fine if they try to spin off too hard from the John Wick storyline without any real connections to that character. Then I, I just think we're looking for a big giant turd. So you know, focus on the story, 
put it in the universe, expand on the lore, and we're good to go. Yeah, I mean, the story's written. They just have to write the screenplay and then try to figure out ways to fit it into the John Wick universe. Honestly, it doesn't sound that hard. She's a young woman raised as an assassin who must kill other assassins that killed her family. It's not too hard to incorporate that story into the John Wick universe, if you ask me. I mean... Nope. I mean... Easy to do. It's very easy to do. It's just... um I'm hoping it's a great story. It sounds like some other studios were in a bidding war to get this, and Lionsgate happened to get it, which I guess they have control of the uh, John Wick films, I'm, I'm guessing. So that's. Yeah, I guess the ultimate question is what's more important to the John Wick franchise? You know, its lead or its universe? You know, I, we'll see with these spinoffs. Yeah. Yeah, because it'll be interesting to see, like, where they go with John Wick 3, um, if this character is then introduced again into that movie, and then are we going to get a, kind of like our Avengers version of this John Wick universe, where both of these characters team up for a film? I mean, is that where they're going? I mean, that seems like a natural, especially if this was a hit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That'd be really cool. All right, we're going to jump uh, into... Scott's, are, Scott's already buying the tickets. Absolutely. Right after I see the Emoji movie, i got to go see that first, and then I'll... Oh, no, you weren't being serious about it being cool then. No, I was serious about it being cool. I'm on, I'm on uh, board. Yeah. Okay, the Emoji movie joke threw me off. Oh, no, I was just trying to be funny, and apparently I wasn't, so continue. All right. Are you guys done? <laughs> yeah. Thank, thank God. Um, okay. <laughs> Sorry. All right, guys, we're going to move into Marvel News. <laughs> Marvel News. Scott, how's that coffee treating you? You good? I think I'm going to need another one. <laughs> dude, dude, I know. If you got to bounce out early, you let me know, okay? No, we're talking Marvel news, bitches. I'm a Marvel fuckboy. Let's go. All right, let's do this. So we've all been nice. saying, uh, you know, we've all been saying, like, before the release of uh, Avengers Infinity War that there there should be some character deaths in the film. So, you know, some of our, you know, heroes that we've uh, come to know and love should die at the hands of Thanos and his Black Order. Um, anyway... Joe Russo, who's one half of the directorial team for this film, he's definitely hinting at just that with these statements that he gave MTV. He said, my brother, Anthony Russo, and I believe in stakes. I believe that everything has to have an end at some point in order for it to have value. The audience should be prepared. So, um, it's nice. certainly, yeah, it certainly sounds like there could be some character deaths in this. Like, more than one. Yeah, I mean, come on, like, there's this, there's this, and we've seen, we've all seen the trailer now, it's leaked. We've all seen the trailer, it's fucking amazing. Do you, I mean, you know, we've got Peter Parker in one scene apologizing to Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man saying, I'm sorry. And it's like, is Iron Man gonna die? Like, did he, did, like, is Iron Man gonna die? <laughs> It ain't gonna be Spider Man. No, 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 no. It's not Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but like, yeah, I, I got the feeling that he was saying he was sorry because he got hurt. 
Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I looked more like um, he was hurt and then uh, Tony was, like, consoling him and he was saying, I'm sorry, I, I didn't do that. But he, it could be he was referring he didn't save somebody else either. Yeah. yeah. That was my read, too, that he um, fucked up and hurt himself and he was apologizing for not being good enough. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. But, I, I mean, a lot of people think that, you know, Cap could die in this film. I mean, I, I happen to believe that someone's going to die in this film. I'm not so worried about contract contracts and shit like that. Everybody's like, oh, they got to kill off Captain America because Chris Evans is done with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's, I mean, I, I, I honestly think it, it comes down to killing off some of these characters and then, you know, later on they can use the reality gem to bring them back <laughs> or something. You know, That was going to be my very next exact point, right. is they can pretty much... Just like the comic, they can kill off as many people as they want. Yeah. The, and then just by the storyline, they can bring them all back with the reality gem. Well, the reality gem in the real world is more money for these actors, right, Jake? Yes, yes, exactly. That you is know? the reality. Exactly. It's like, what else is Chris Evans doing? I know he wants to direct and I know he wants to do other things, but like, he's not really involved in a lot of other projects that are like giving him such uh, notoriety. I know he came out with that, uh, gifted, what was it? That, the, I don't know, that gift movie gifted. or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I, right. I'm, you know, it was a good movie. And Snowpiercer was fantastic. But it's, I, I think these Marvel movies afford these actors to, to keep them in the spotlight. I, you've got people who would not want to be Captain America, you know? I mean, you've, I, I guarantee you there's tons of other actors. If you gave them the opportunity to be Captain America, they would be. I, me, personally, I'm not going to be happy if they kill off Captain America, never to bring him back, and we're stuck with Sebastian Stan. I love the guy. He's great as Winter Soldier. But, like, you, you want to talk about a guy who's charming and charismatic? I'm talking about Chris Evans as fucking Steve Rogers. That is my Captain America. Yeah, I mean, they're they're, they're going to pull off, like, the Gandalf move here, basically, is what's going to happen. Is they're going to kill off one of the most lovable characters, and then you're going to be super fucking excited when they come back. Yeah. So Captain America the White will show up? Yeah, basically. Okay, all right. (laughs) (laughs) You know that. You know the comparison, though. Uh, Joe Russo. Uh, No, I totally, I, I totally understand what you're saying, Jake. So I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't see like even people. Oh, Robert Downey Jr.'s too old. It's like he's 52. He looks like he's great. Yeah, he made the statements that like I'm gonna leave when this stuff gets stale or this stuff is. you know, it's not hitting the way it should be, <laughs> dude. Yeah, he's got he's got the easiest job of all of yes. them when it comes to like the actual stunts. Like he's the suit. He's in a suit, and like all you have to do is show his face in the suit. And like in Spider Man Homecoming, half the time he's in the suit, he lands, and he pops out of a suit and talks. That's it. The other time exactly. he's like, you know, where where was he? He was in another country, and uh, I mean, it was just like. It's so easy for him, like, because he's in the suit. He doesn't have to show the face the entire time. I mean, he could basically get all of his shooting and shit done within a couple days. He doesn't have to do all these crazy action stunts. So just, Exactly. It's all CGI for him. Exactly. Or just anybody, anybody in the suit. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he doesn't even have to he's, be on set the day. He can just record his lines for when he is in the suit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll do it till, uh, you know... The paychecks stop coming, and right? Then he'll be done. Yeah, I mean, when people, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I think he has a bit more integrity, integrity than that. 
Yeah, I I, th- I agree. I think if the story gets truly insane, yeah. he'll be out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, you know, he has signed some of the most lucrative film deals I've ever seen when it comes to Marvel Studios. You know, he's signed. Oh, definitely. Yeah, compared to his first contract, he's. By the time he's doing Iron Man three, he's making like what was it like upwards of fifty million, and then there's incentives if the movie makes over a billion. I mean, it was just yeah. And he's getting his way. Like that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. Like he's still not doing even with all the money. He's still not doing it unless he's getting his way and his people. Oh yeah. I mean, you're not you're not getting Shane Black on Iron Man three unless. Robert right. Downey Jr. is involved. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You're, uh, you've are you got a lot of creative control down to, like, what the colors of the suit are. I mean, that's how much control they gave this guy for Iron Man 3. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. Joe Russo then talked with uh, comicbookmovie.com about Thanos in the film. He said, the stakes are incredibly high. I wanted to turn Thanos into Darth Vader for a new generation. He's an incredibly intense ch- uh, character, sociopathic. He takes no prisoners. I think the audience needs to be prepared when they go see these movies. So he's talking more about stakes. He's talking about being prepared. And he's comparing Thanos to Darth Vader, which <laughs> uh, not a good move on my, in my opinion. Well, hold on. Hold on. We saw him throw a moon at a character. Yeah. That's pretty badass. Yeah, but like – Characters. Yeah. yeah. It's just – it's. It, it, You've really got – I mean you can do really amazing things as the character of Thanos, especially when you get control of the Infinity Gauntlet. But it's like when you compare Thanos to Darth Vader, it's like, whoa. Hey, take a step back, Joe. All right? Yeah. Hey, what are the name? What are the names of, of his goons that have been revealed? The Black Sons? Am I right about that? The Black Order. Black Order? Yeah, I got to be honest. I've seen a lot of people freaking out about how excited they are about their designs and all that and everything. But honestly, I've been that's been the first announcement that's kind of scared me of the plotting of this movie mm. and and everything. Like that's the first sign I've seen that this is just going to be your regular paint by the numbers crap where it's this is this is the main bad guy Thanos and here's the bunch of guys the Avengers are going to beat up. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. that that's kind of scary. Like I I'm I for one am so far without seeing any visuals in the movie of the Black Order and not I don't really give eight fucks about the black order i'm here for thanos no and i mean thanos in the comic books don't get me wrong people thanos in the comic books is amazing i'm just talking about josh brolin's uh performance i trying to compare that with darth vader i don't think i'm ready to quite believe it yet yeah i think i I agree with you brian not just the performance but even the character itself is there's so many undertones to that character yeah like really in one in one movie with Thanos, we're going to envelop all that is, you know, the character of Darth Vader. Well, and then on the flip side with Thanos, they haven't even introduced Lady Death yet. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They've given us no reason to be sympathetic towards the character. Right. Whatsoever. Exactly. And the Darth Vader kind of, when you make the Darth Vader comparison, it instantly makes me think that they're going to try to make Thanos sympathetic. And that's also something that I dislike. So. Eh. Yeah. I I don't know if they'll try to make him sympathetic. I, I why, really. Why don't. are you saying he's a Darth Vader then? If if you're not saying that you're gonna you're gonna make him somewhat sympathetic, I don't think that. Okay, so we're Star Wars nerds, and so when we think about Darth Vader, of course, we think about his redemption. We think about some, you know, the sympathy and all that good stuff. But that didn't come until the very, you know, last few, the last act of you know, Return of the Jedi, right? 
Uh, yeah, before but, that, he was this badass character that um, oh, uh, David Isaac put it the best. I mean, this is somebody that I knew I needed to be afraid of. And so when I'm going to go ahead and compare it to Darth Vader, it's Thanos is this character that everybody's going to know when he first shows up, starts kicking ass, that I need to be afraid of this guy. And that's where I think the comparison lies, not in his redemption story, because I don't think he has a redemption arc. I think he's just somebody that everybody needs to be feared of. And when he starts killing people, you know, if they do that line of that's a very brave thing to say, um, right before you die, if he says that to Captain America and then fucking kills him, oh man, all the kids in the movie theater are going to start fucking crying. And I can't remember all the kids starting to cry uh, when uh, Darth Vader was around. So that, that's my comparison with Darth and uh, and Thanos. Yeah, I hear. It. I, I always take the sympathy. I mean, you can't take back the end of Return of the Jedi. It's no, like once you can't. You, once once you see it, you see it, and it kind of like I, when I watch Episode Four and Five, like. That's that'll always still be with me, like the end of six. Like so, the sympathy is there from that point. Well, I think for me, Jake, kind of like what you're saying is like that's what make that's what makes Darth Vader such like an epic character too. And yeah, and he's so complex. Right. I, I think you're yeah. Don't oversell Thanos right now. When he Who says I wanted to turn Thanos into Darth Vader for a new generation, I would compare Thanos more to like Hannibal Lecter with fucking the Infinity Gauntlet. Okay, because. <laughs> He's yeah, I agree. Yeah, because uh, Darth Vader is Hannibal Lecter is a is a fun character to root for. Yeah, he's not a sympathetic character. He's he's still pure evil. Exactly, sociopathic. So yeah, yeah, I, I like that comparison a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but you can't say that. It's not like Joe Russo's like I want to turn Thanos into Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> no. I'm going to turn Thanos into the other Disney character we own. Ah, super awesome villain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe Russo couldn't shut up. He kept talking uh, this week. <laughs> shut your mouth. Shut your fucking mouth, uh, Hot Joe take, Russo. Though. I don't give two fucks about the Black Order. Uh, he talked with IGN about uh, two characters that get some time on screen together for Avengers Infinity War. Here's what he said. He said, you know what's interesting is that because of the retoning, that Taika Waititi did with Thor 3 and the direction is set in as a character, he and Star-Lord were a very surprising combination and a very funny combination. So I'm excited for the audience to see the two of them together. So he's talking about Thor and Star-Lord. I imagine Hemsworth and Pratt had a lot of fun. I could see them becoming fast buds. Oh, man. just I don't know. Just the characters. I just want to see the characters on screen together. Well, yeah, but I think a, a little bit goes hand in hand, especially now that we've learned so much about the filming process of the new Thor movie. No, no, no. I, I, I totally agree. Taika Waititi has come out and said, and even uh, Chris Hemsworth has said, like, this is the closest to Chris Hemsworth's personality that he's been able to put on display in the film. And he's having fun in the film. And I think that Pratt and Hemsworth had a lot of fun while they were on set. But I'm just talking about... An Asgardian hanging out with a guy who's lived in space his entire life. This is going to be fucking incredible. All right. It will be fun. It will be fun. I mean, I'm sure Star-Lord will almost see him as some kind of 80s rot god in many ways. (laughs) Well, he's, he knows who, he's heard about Thor. I mean, Thor, there's, you know, there's Asgardian lore on Earth, you know? So as a kid, he's heard about Thor. So he probably like wants to get his autograph or some shit. (laughs) 
Yeah. And that should be a lot of fun. Or maybe maybe they'll play a jealousy angle up. Maybe uh, Gamora will find him attractive. And uh, that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, that oh, would be. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, oh, I want to man, I want to see Drax and Thor. That was, that shit would be hilarious. Yeah, I, all the combinations. Like to me that's like that's what I'm most excited for about the Infinity War. Yeah. It's just the payoff of it's what made the first Avengers so amazing. Yeah. Is seeing all these characters and all these different movies together for the first time. And I mean, Age of Ultron really didn't have that going for it yeah. as far as like it didn't <sighs> Civil War almost did it better than Age of Ultron as far as being another milestone movie where a bunch of characters from other individual movies are meeting up with each other again. Yeah. And it feels like it feels just as big this time and maybe possibly bigger than the first Avengers of all these between Spider-Man and Guardians and Doctor Strange and Ant-Man. Black and Panther. Just everything. Yeah. Black Panther. Yeah. It, it, it feels so much bigger now, almost than the first Avengers. So I, I, there's really, I think, some magic brewing here with that. Yeah, they did say that this story is going to revolve around the main characters, though. So we're probably, you're, they're to- definitely talking Cap and, 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 uh, Robert Downey Jr. Iron, Iron Man. Yeah. Um, you know, probably Thor and, you know, uh, but anyway, uh, what do you, I was thinking about like another reason that these characters might become tight is because and Dan mentioned this last week on the podcast that he thinks that maybe in Ragnarok Odin dies. Oh yeah, and so they both have the daddy issues. Huh? Yes, yes, they both recently lost their fathers. So, you know, while Thor's on the Milano that we saw in the trailer hanging out with the Guardians, that might be something that comes up recently. He might talk about the loss of his father and then Pratt and then those two. And then they become, you know, best buds and hilarity ensues from there. So, yeah, seems like a weird thing for them to relate over given the circumstances, though. I mean, what's Star-Lord going to say to him? Like, yeah, at least be glad that your dad didn't, you know, give your mom cancer. Man, I'm just trying to think outside of the box, <laughs> asshole. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm just, I'm just saying. I know. Yeah, listen. Yeah, back to the fucking writers' room, Brian. <laughs> I'm over here, uh, Jake over here making whatever movie it was earlier better, and here's Brian fucking up Infinity War. Anyway, <laughs> uh, they might do that already. Uh, here's they another. Don't need, they don't need you. Here's another combo of characters that's not, that's basically it's no stranger to fans of the comic books, uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision. Uh, the question is, will they or won't they in the films, in the comics, of course, Wanda and Vision, they've fallen in love, they've been married, and in a recent interview with WGTC, Elizabeth Olsen, who plays Wanda, said, uh, in any other world, I would say, I don't know, but because there are paparazzi photos that kind of spoil things for fans, I think it's safe to say that we now get to explore that part of the comic book. We get to introduce and really explore their relationship. It creates a really exciting arc for me, and I'm so lucky to get work, to, to get to work with Paul Bettany all the time. And, uh, yeah, there have been pictures of the, the two characters that have leaked of them kissing. So, uh, yeah, we're getting that relationship, Scarlet Witch and Vision. Awesome. Will, will Wanda be pregnant by the end of this series? I don't, Infinity War movie. Uh, I don't know Maybe the second one. Yeah, I Not don't the know. the first one, but the second one. Yeah. It'd be a nice, it'd be a nice, um, uh, bow or a ribbon on top of, um, a feel good ending to a rather tough saga to watch. Okay. Yeah. My I mean, question. That, that story gets very not feel good very quickly though. True. If you know, if you know what I'm talking about, yep. if you know the, the burn Scarlet Witch Vision run. 
So they end up being like manif- manifestations that the Scarlet Witch created, and Vision ne- ended up never impregnating her, and it had something to do with Mephisto involved too, creating the babies. I don't think they'll go that far. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. So it is wild. I think if they, I think if she is pregnant, though, I don't think they'll go the Mephisto route. But I, I don't think it'll just be a cut and dry. She's pregnant, and now having a robot kid, there's going to be something going on there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they'll do it. No robot children? I don't think so. I think they will. There's no point in, I think, doing the relationship if you're not going to go the next step. Yeah, they'll just kill one of them off. Ooh, that's probably more true. Um, what are the chances? Uh, here's, here's the thing. Like, Paul Bettany has come out and said, you know, even if the Infinity Stone is ripped from my head, uh, it doesn't mean that <coughs> the vision will die. There's a yeah, possibility. He's been, told, he's been told to say that, maybe. What do you What do you think the chances are? Well, I'm sure. I mean, these guys sign an NDA; they can't give out anything. But he, they've got to keep the possibility, uh, you know, open that he's going to live. But what do you think the chances are? Like, once that stone is pulled from his head, he does die. But Wanda is the one that saves him. She uses some sort of magic to bring him back to life, keep him alive. I think they're. Pre- I think that's that's dead on, and I think they'll actually do a, a big. Uh, like art change on his design at that point too. Yeah. Yeah. What if we get the white vision? I would love that actually. Oh, that'd be awesome. That would be, that's like, that, takes me back to yeah. like the nineties and shit. Early nineties. That's more cool. Avengers West coast burn shit. Yeah. Yeah. I still have a lot of those West coast Avengers books. And that run is amazing. Yeah. All right, guys, Carl Urban, who's playing Scourge and Thor Ragnarok, he spoke with IGN about his character and why he's on Hela's side and not Thor's when we see him in the film. He says when we see Scourge, he's operating the Bifrost because Heimdall is missing in action. Uh, and then pretty soon after that, Hela shows up. Scourge sees the writing on the wall and has to make a decision whether to die or join her so his instincts of self-preservation take over. So... In the comic books, uh, you know, he's he's seduced by Enchantress, and then in this film it looks like he's following another female villain, but for different reasons, for survival reasons. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I, I was unclear how much time Urban would get in the movie, honestly, but the more and more I hear, the more I think he's actually a pretty big part. Yeah, I think that he's a big part. Um, Tessa Thompson, who plays Valkyrie, is also, I believe, going to have a big part in this movie. I think she, her part will be a little bit bigger than um, Carl Urban's. Um, I found out a little bit about her character as Valkyrie. She's an Asgardian warrior, of course, as we know from the comic books. But the reason that she's on the side of the Grand Master is there's a lot of people believe, that believe that she was kicked out of Asgard by Odin. We, I don't. I don't know why, and I don't even know if this is true. This is just these. This is things that people are, have kind of been able to kind of piece together from the trailers. Yeah. It she, makes sense. They would have to come up with something just to explain why we haven't seen her in the other movies and in Asgard. Yeah, I think she's been kicked out of Asgard, um, and then she's the one that actually brings Thor to the Grand Master, and I think she'll. She'll be bringing Thor in as 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 a champion to defeat their current champion, um, to kind of get back at Odin too, hoping that Hulk will kill the son of like the guy who kicked her out of 
Asgard. So we'll see. I, I don't know. This is these are rumors that people are floating around there about Valkyrie. So we'll find out. Michelle. Sure. Uh, Thor Ragnarok director Taika Waititi talked about uh, talked with Cinema Blend about the D twenty three Infinity War footage, and said that the Guardians Thor scene at the beginning of the trailer for Infinity Wars is not a spoiler for Thor Ragnarok. Hmm. So I guess yeah, that's that's interesting. We can assume that somewhere in this movie we see the events that lead him flying into space that we can assume maybe that uh, Thanos is behind it. Maybe, maybe Thanos is trying to take out the most powerful characters early on, whether it be himself or the black order. But uh, this Thor that scene makes a lot of sense. The more I think about it. Yeah. In an Avengers movie, the guardians of the galaxy wouldn't be the first act. Yeah, you know? I, exactly. That, that's the thing that I, that after I thought about it, I think we were just kind of like reeling from like hearing the trailer description and, when yes. we, and, and, and since that scene happened at the beginning, we assumed like, oh, this must be how the movie starts. <laughs> right? <laughs> Not necessarily true. So, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I, I I like that. I actually have been thinking about that this week, too. That yeah. It's like, wow, I doubt this is just going to be a full-on Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Thor's going to probably have more to do before we see him bouncing off the Milano. All right, Guardians, are they going to show up in the second act or the third act? I think it'll be much like Civil War. Like, it'll be, like, the second act finale. So we got our airport scene with the Guardians? Yeah, basically, I more than just the Guardians. I think the second act will be a lot of getting everyone together and well, catching up with everyone that, that isn't Captain America and Iron Man. That was the airport scene. I mean, we had everybody, new characters yeah. meeting other characters. That's what I'm saying. It's like, so we'll get that airport scene. You know, I'm putting that airport scene in quotes because I don't know what they're going to do for Infinity, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that, that's definitely going to happen. It's It, it works. They're going to do it again. It's the Russos, too, which which almost makes it obvious how the formula is going to be a little bit. Scott, you going to pull a Luther Shaver? You staying with us? No, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> I'm listening. It's all good. Oh, you hear me snore, and then you start worrying. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's finish it off with uh, some uh, Deadpool news. And um, we'll talk about, yeah, David Leitch, the director for the up, uh, upcoming Atomic Blonde film and uh, co-director for John Wick, was announced months ago for our director for Deadpool 2, and he sat down with Screen Rant to talk about two new characters in the Deadpool 2 film. He talked about Domino and Cable. He said, first up, Domino, who has a very cool power, she has the ability to subliminally and psionically initiate random telekinetic acts that affect probability in her favor by making improbable but not impossible things to occur within her line of sight, thus causing her to have good luck and her opponents to have bad luck. This phenomenon can only be this phenomenon can be anything from an enemy's equipment failure to hitting just the right switch with a stray shot to shut down an overloading overloading nuclear reactor. So, how do you get that? Super awesome. Well, that's the that's the thing. It is super awesome. It's an amazing power. But how do you get that power right on screen? How do you show luck? David Leitch talks a little bit about Domino and that he says we're excited to play with that idea in choreography 
I'm not going to give you how it's all going to play out. As a choreographer, having a character with her abilities is a, is really a trick. I think at first it seems like a problem, like, oh my god, how do you demonstrate luck? And then you just see it like, oh, this is the coolest opportunity ever. So we're really excited and we're creating really great stuff for her character. Well, you use Deadpool to do it, right? So there's ex- if you tell the audience that you know she's got the power of luck, now you can do darn near anything. The audience is going to go, oh, she used her power of luck, right? And I, I think that's brilliant. So I just think you you probably see Deadpool do the break fourth wall or talk about it or they talk about it, and then you know Katie bar the door. Here we go. Yeah, I don't know. I almost think it works better to do it the other way around where you display her power before you explain it, because then it's even more amazing. It's like, how the fuck did all that shit just happen? And did she was she able to do that and survive that? And then after you're blown away by the action, then you give the exposition of the power. Yeah, I could see that. But then anything and everything that she does there afterwards becomes even more glorious as well right so yeah exactly exactly yeah. but you, you i don't think you can waste the display before the exposition i think I, that's always a bad move they've got to once i don't know if dead like this will probably be deadpool's first introduction to the character as well but like once he meets the character you could actually turn that into some great jokes like oh my god i i want to let's go play pool take her to a pool oh, hall, yeah. you know um, take her to play darts. They could show her playing a bunch of different like bar games. They could show her doing all these different funny, crazy things with her power and Deadpool kind of just getting giddy and acting like like he's loving it and her being bored with it or something. Yeah, trip to Vegas with Domino. Yeah, oh, that'd be so fucking hilarious. There's horse so many, racing, horse racing. Uh, yeah, there's so many funny things that they could do with that character in a Deadpool film. Yeah, I'm really excited for that character. She was one of the better characters in the the uh, Field X-Force series. Now they talk about Cable. They they talked to David Leitch about Cable. He was very vague, but I am going to read it anyway and take what you will from this. He goes, look, I think besides all of the Deadpool, sort of the film universe Deadpool, you kind of have to be selective of like how you approach these characters because there's a canon of work that's so massive that you could never put it all on screen. So we've been really particular what we're going to put in and what we're going to leave for potential future if it goes that way. And uh, I think you'll like it. It's all in the spirit of canon and also – in the spirit of like what Deadpool the movie is. Now, a couple things that I want to bring up. When he says we're going to leave for potential future if it goes that way, is he talking about the Singerverse and Deadpool universe? Worlds collide and then they're going to introduce like uh, the Cyclops uh, relationship to Cable? Oof. Or, I, I mean, mean, what do you, is that, that's what, is that what he meant by saying that? Was that just a very tactful way to say that we're going to leave for a potential future if it goes that way? Yeah, I still don't think they've made that decision. Yet. That's why he said what he said. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, is that yeah. what I'm taking from that quote? I think you're, I think you're spot on. I, you're taking what you're supposed to take away from it, but he has to be very, diplomatic because right. I don't think Fox has made that decision quite yet. I still think that they can make the decision to say that he's 
Cyclops's son from yeah they could even they could even make a joke out of out of yeah. that reveal honestly yeah with with deadpool making that reveal right so hard saying because i don't i don't understand how the deadpool cable relationship is going to work quite yet yeah. like is it going to be like the comic are they going to instantly know who each other are from the go or is the movie going to introduce us to their relationship is that going to be a flashback, or are they going to meet for the first time in present day? Like, those are a lot of questions that I have about well, the uh, chemistry between the two characters. Well, the, I, think, I think that they're going to meet for the first time. I mean, when we first meet Deadpool in the first movie, it's basically our origin story. So unless a bunch of time has passed between that <clears> movie to this movie, and he's been, you know, Deadpooling it up for the past couple years. And so I don't know, man. It'll be interesting. So... Cable is a time traveler, so I don't know how much time travel will be involved in the story either. And that's another question I have, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So, hard saying. All right. Scott, you got any thoughts? No, I'm, I'm, um, I'm not as versed in the whole cable, uh, Deadpool relationship. I'm interested to see it. Uh, I'm with you on it could get really crazy if they bring everything together. But I'm with you, Brian. Is uh, hey, it's uh, it will seem the for the first time they'll explain some stuff, and I th- I think the cable comes from the future in the story, and and I don't know. I, I, I I'll, I'll I'm gonna love it when I see it, and um, I'm not gonna try to speculate too much. Josh Brolin, guys, I'm telling you this much. I mean, I know he's playing Thanos, and he's gonna be the next Darth Vader, but <laughs> in this, I really feel like he is embracing this role just from all the tweets and and the pictures of how he's getting in shape to play this character and it seems like he's really having a lot of fun embracing cable i can't wait to see his portrayal of cable yeah it seems like if the atmosphere of the film set of deadpool 2 is anything like the atmosphere of the first one i mean it's gonna they're gonna have a great time it's one of those kind of magic movie moments where the whole crew kind of has a fun time oh, yeah. doing the thing they love doing. You now know, that they that got always brings up. Now that they got yeah. rid of Tim Miller, they can all have fun again. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and that brings an, a whole new energy to the whole project yeah. when everyone's like that pumped to be in it and be doing it. Right. Yeah. And it's an undeniable energy that that brings to movies. Oh man. So. Yeah. I cannot wait for Deadpool two. I do know that there's going to be like a uh, birthday, a kid's birthday party scene in that movie. Yes. Hey. So that's going to be a ton of fun. Do you think that – are they going to go the the route of that's how Deadpool's making money is doing birthday parties? <laughs> I, 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 that's hilarious. So that, that was done in Ghostbusters, <laughs> Ghostbusters mm-hmm. 2. Yeah, I love that scene in Ghostbusters Oh, too. I do too. I, I do too. I thought it was great. It's, yeah, Ghostbusters 2 doesn't have very many great moments. No. It's one of the few. <laughs> that's a good one. All right, guys. <laughs> what are you going to call – Oh, oh yes, <laughs> and, and the kids weren't even saying it. They were so bored. Like you know, we wanted a clown. Speaking of Ghostbusters, I love uh, Stranger Things uh, trailer for season two. Oh, yeah. oh god, that was great. The Ghostbusters stuff really hits me the most too. Just seeing the the trap with what potentially could be another monster in it. Uh, I'm thinking like, it's. Uh, I'm thinking it's the thing that Will puked up in the sink. Man, yeah, that gave me the heebie-jeebies. 
So, yeah. Oh, yeah, just I know we didn't get to cover that trailer last week for the San Diego Comic-Con episode, but Tupperware it, uh, Thriller was a great choice, and uh, I can't wait for Stranger Things Season 2. It looks fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to take that day off work and just fucking devour that shit. We didn't get any Sean Astin in that trailer, though. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. So, so that's that's it. We didn't get any Paul Reiser either. No Paul Reiser. So. All right, yeah. uh, uh, go ahead. I was going to tell you, um, did either of you hear that Ghostbusters 2 got greenlit? I heard somewhere this week that Ghostbusters 2 got greenlit. I heard that they're making another Ghostbusters movie, that they're wanting to make another. It's Ivan Reitman always is talking about more Ghostbusters, right? Yeah, G- Ghostbusters news is always in the cycle, and you can never trust any of it right. until there's literally people on a set rolling film. It's, Scott, I, I've been hearing a ton of stuff. Gotcha. There's been a ton of rumors about Ghostbusters. I don't know. They're talking about other Ghostbusters movies. They're talking about bringing back. There was a rumor that they were going to bring back Harold Ramis as CGI. They even talked to his daughter about it. You know, like, sure. you know, and it's like, and I think she said something. There was a quote from her. She said something like, you know, if if they did it well and if it was funny, I think my dad would like it. But it's just, I think it's distasteful. I don't think, I, I, and Bill Murray would not come back for that. That's, um, no. He, you would not. No. And I wouldn't want to see it either. I wouldn't want to see it. I'm no. a huge fan. I'd never want to see no, it. No, it's I think it's disrespectful. I mean I I think the technology that they did to bring back, you know, Grand Moff Tarkin was you know, like it was Still not there yet. Still not there yet, but it was a valiant effort. But like and Grand Moff Tarkin was just kinda like a I don't know, he wasn't like the biggest character in Star Wars, but like Trying to bring, let's say, you know, if they tried to bring back Carrie Fisher, in, at, you know, as Leia in Star Wars Episode Nine, yeah, no, be a, no, be a riot, no, that's sickening. And like, same thing with Harold Ramis. I just, I think it's. I mean, they already did it with Carrie Fisher, kinda in in Rogue One. She was alive. I, I know it's still the same thing, though. You're still bringing back her. I mean. That Carrie Fisher didn't exist anymore, the one that we saw in Rogue One. Well, neither did the same Robert Downey Jr. when I watched uh, <laughs> Civil War, yeah. but it didn't piss me off. It's just now that she's passed away, if they would try to bring Carrie Fisher back as CGI Carrie Fisher, the way we remembered her, you know, from like Episode 8 and then just bring her into Episode 9 after she passes away, it's just yes. I'm totally against it. Like, I don't mind if they make kurt russell look like he's 25 again i have no problem with that that's fine go for it what what if they did more more like young leia stuff i don't like it not now i I say you recast there's no way i'd want to put a young carrie fisher in a young leia kind of predicament yeah yeah recast would be interesting recast or just i just want to see her if we see her again let's just have her in animated shows like they've done in rebels i just a live action yeah. lay at this point, I think you can just kind of wrap it up for me. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I'm on the fence on that. I, I you know, it's Leia. And not enough time has passed for me, dude. Okay, to think yeah. about bringing back, you know, a character that uh, 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 not just a character, but like a person that I loved in pop culture, a person that I loved in movies, and a person who I loved their personality, just to like, I don't know, man. I it's just, it's hard for me to kind of I guess it all depends on how it was done and the presentation. I guess it's hard for me to separate her from the character at this point, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. A lot. A part of me though thinks it would be a great honor to her to have the character live on and still be the strong character. You know. Yeah, I know. I get it. It's just too. It's too soon for me to call, man. Yeah, I agree. I, like I said, I'm on the fence, and and just like I, I'm the only one that's willing to be the devil's advocate about the other side right now. So yeah. I'm just kind of doing it. You know. No, that's fine. Uh, we're gonna take a break. Scott, are you gonna come back for DC news? Or you got to bounce. I know I'm gonna. I'm coming back for DC news, brother. Are you? Oh, I will. I'm excited. I, I can't gonna, wait to hear what you get. We're going to rename roast it. Easy. Call it DC Snooze with Scott Judy. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> DC, I'm, all, I'm all here. DC Blues with Scott Judy. <laughs> DC Snooze. DC, DC Snooze. snooze. <laughs> all right. We will be right back. Greetings, Leftover Army. Pop Culture Leftovers is the people's podcast. They're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read. But their listeners can. So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com, and if the leftovers like it, they'll contact you, and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow the leftovers on Instagram at instagram.com slash popcultureleftovers and on Tumblr at popcultureleftovers2.tumblr.com. If you get a few shots of vodka in you, it's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster. All right, hey, we are back, and it is time now for some DC news. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. All right, so let's talk about DC News. Scott, you sounded uh, really excited to talk about DC News. Was there a particular story you were wanting to dive into? Um, a couple of them. One, uh, one's not necessarily film related, but I, I saw an article today on, um, or not today, earlier this week about Batman is now a metahuman. And I wanted to get your guys' take on that. And it was, wasn't it, uh, didn't Scott Snyder come out and say it's not true? It was just, it just sounded like clickbait, right? Yeah, even if it is true, it's just one of those things where it is what it is for like three or four months for some dumb storyline crossover right. event, stupid fifth week, whatever. Wasn't it the fact that he's used nth metal and all that stuff and blah, blah, right. blah? Yeah. 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 Okay. Because that quite frankly pissed me off to a point where I wanted to rant about it. But if it's not true, then fuck it. I got other things to rant yeah, about. Yeah, if you so. read the article, the article actually kind of like debunks it within the article. It just felt like it was clickbait. Like, yeah. so when I first read it, I was like, what the hell? And I posted it on PCL's Facebook page. And then I actually read the article after it, I, I'd posted it. And I was like, this is clickbait. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. you got caught. I did too. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. agree, though. Though it it is a very alarming thing. It's like one of those things where it's like when you do it to a character, it's like you kind of fuck the character up. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's like bringing Spider Man's parents back from the dead. It's like goofy shit like that. What What was the other thing you wanted to talk about, Scott? Oh my, it's a ton of it. So Henry Cavill apparently couldn't shave his mustache off, so they're gonna CGI that fucker, and I. I'm sorry. I didn't need to know that story. 
for me because I'm like now I'm gonna be looking for it. Well, you we hear about saying? we hear about these stories all the time. Like I, I remember what was it? Ashton Kutcher made a movie. It was like the Meet the Parents reboot, like remake or whatever it was. And during that time, wasn't he a part of that religion where they had like the red wristbands around their wrists? Hmm. Mm. Did, did, and so they had to do that in the movie. Too. They, they had, had to CGI it. Out. They had to CGI the red wristband. It was like a red That's string. That's a little bit easier than taking a big furry caterpillar off your lip while you're uh, nice and close up there, Brian. Oh no, 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 no. I, 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 I totally agree, Scott. I'm just saying, like these things have been done in film before, like. Captain America in the shawarma scene in the Avengers, they got away with it because uh, – well, okay, hold on. That scene was not in the original theatrical cut. Uh, when the movie came out in Europe, they did not get that scene. After the press had originally seen the movie, then they were like, ah, let's do the shawarma scene. Um, so they filmed the sh- – Whedon got the cast back together and they filmed the shawarma scene. Now – Chris Evans had been filming Snowpiercer, and he had a beard in that movie. So when they're all eating the shawarma at the restaurant, you can see Chris Evans with his hand over his face, or he's got like the <laughs> he's got the shawarma covering the beard. So yeah, totally. It's, that's, it's actually pretty funny. That's easier to do, but uh, a little easier. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't yeah. Think, Go ahead, Jake. I don't think this story is that big of a deal, really, right? The biggest thing we're worried about is the Justice League movie is whether or not they're going to be able to CGI Superman's mustache. It is, yeah. it is, it is not I, the biggest worry that I have for the Justice League movie. I, it is one of a myriad of worries that I have for the Justice League movie. What? A, hey, I, I, Scott. I hey, Jake. All I'm going to say is, guys, I hope that we get the four-hour Justice League ultimate cut mustache edition where we the get the oh, mustache for sure with the and then he could look like shaped like a mustache <laughs> well was, who was invincible's uh dad in the in the uh comic run because he looks just like that <laughs> you know what i'm with saying the mustache. yeah the clean cut. yes yeah what was yeah. his na- dad's name I'll, I'll look it up but yeah the mustache edition i'm in yeah i don't know we, we've all seen the justice league trailer right scott you've seen the trailer right i i have yeah, I mean, it's going to be fine. I have 100% faith that they're going to successfully CGI the mustache off his face, <laughs> and it's going to look fine. Like, have you seen the way the special effects and the backdrops and everything looks, like, kind of hyper-realistic already anyway? You're not going to notice that shit. Well, I mean, all. yeah, if, it, if well, I mean, if they can make it look <laughs> as good as Cyborg, then, you know. Yeah. Sarcasm. Did you, Aqu- did you see Aquaman's hair in that trailer? His mustache is going to be fine. Right. <laughs> yeah, Aquaman riding the uh, parademon down the the building that that was great uh, CGI. That that looked amazing. I right? think I think the mustache is the last of our worries when it comes to this movie. <laughs> That's what. I'm no, it was saying. just it was a door, dude. It was a, it was a door for us to just walk in and start griping. Because oh, no, it's that's gotten so much at. play this week, though. Like that's, it's just like, oh my gosh, really? The the mustache play in the Justice League movie this week? So well, many that, articles. And then Affleck. <laughs> at least that has some substance, you know. Like you can't, you know, you have to have a Batman and someone to play him. Like the the mustache thing, it just seems completely irrelevant. And like Brian's saying, it happens all – they do reshoots on every single one of these movies. It happens all the time. Like you, if you watch Lord of the Rings and look at Sean Astin in Return of the King coming back to film scenes five years later after he's filmed them, 
it's ridiculous. Well, what about what about uh, doctors? Uh, what about Benedict Cumberbatch having? And I don't know if this has been one hundred percent confirmed or if it was debunked. But they said, didn't he have obligations to shoot Sherlock whilst they were doing some of the filming for Avengers: Infinity War? So we get a one hundred percent CGI Doctor Strange in certain scenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember hearing that. Yeah, so like. Uh-huh. People weren't pissing and moaning about that, you know. It's like people are more concerned about Superman's mustache than they are. Yeah, it, it's hilarious. And I, yeah, yeah, but I'm an asshole, so you know, there you go. <laughs> I laughed my ass off when I saw that poster that was made where they put the mustaches on all the characters. Yeah, I liked it too. Oh, oh my gosh, that was so funny. <laughs> Oh man! What about uh, let's talk about these uh, reshoots? Um, should we be worried about these reshoots? Because this uh, this news comes to us from Variety. I thought the rumors were overblown. I'm not sure what to think now. Uh, Variety says it's standard for big Hollywood movies to schedule a few weeks of pickup work, but the cost and time allotted to to the work on Justice League is raising some eyebrows reshoots or additional photography to use the preferred studio nomenclature uh traditionally cost between six million to ten million and rarely have to juggle so many competing schedules they typically last a week or two um though stars like ben affleck and gal gadot who play batman and wonder women aren't working on any other projects at the moment enabling them to be on call for the filming other cast members such as ezra miller and henry cavill have been scrambling to accommodate the additional photography. Uh, Miller is reprising his role in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Uh, and, of course, we've got uh, Henry Cavill, who's going to be in Mission Impossible, uh, the next Mission Impossible film. And then they're going to have to uh, get rid of that mustache digitally. Uh, is it a Mission Impossible film that he's in? Yep. It is. Yeah. Oh, I thought I thought maybe it was just based off the British intelligence. Nope. I was confused about that. They're losing uh, Jeremy Renner, so they're getting Henry Cavill to come in there. Oh, cool. Um, then there's the the article goes on to talk about the questioning uh, the question of crediting. Joss Whedon has now spent months overseeing the project, but he will not receive a co-directing credit, according to an insider. Whedon stepped in to handle the reshoots and finish the film this spring. With uh, after director Zack Snyder publicly excused himself from the project following his daughter's suicide in March, Whedon won't be just rewarded with a fat paycheck. Uh, he may also get a producing credit or a screenplay credit. There's some president. Tony Gilroy, who stepped in for director Gareth Edwards to oversee reshoots for Rogue One, a Star Wars story, earned a screenwriting credit. A similar problem exists for the Han Solo spinoff film. Last month, Disney and Lucasfilm fired directors Phil Lord and Chris Miller and replaced them with Ron Howard. It's unclear if Howard will receive a sole credit for shooting the film or will share it with his two predecessors. Sources say Justice League reshoots have been used to punch up the dialogue. Whedon, the director of the Avengers, is well-respected for his ability to create uh, memorably wry exchanges between his characters. The set pieces Snyder shot are said to be usable, but Whedon has been working on connective tissue that was needed to link sequences. So there's a lot more to this article, but... um, they're talking there was about, a lot to unpack there. That was a lot of good stuff. Yeah, they're talking about the reports of reshoots have alarmed some fans of the DC franchise at San Diego Comic-Con last weekend, where sneak footage of the film earned a rock concert reception. The Justice League cast used its Hall H panel to downplay the extent of the additional photography. 
Ray Fisher, who plays Cyborg, says they'll, they're brief, if anything. Uh, Zach picked a great director to help clean up for us. So I don't know if I'm taking the, uh, the word of Ray Fisher. Um, but, um, I'm, I've always thought that that these reshoots were going to be limited as well. But they're saying like these are extensive. They're still saying like, and they're talking about the budget of these reshoots being alarmingly larger than most. Um, what are you guys thinking? It's going to be pretty fascinating to see the end result here. I think that I think time's going to tell what happened. I think unlike other movies where it's it's not this situation because we have Zack Snyder leaving and then Josh Whedon coming in. As fans, we're going to be able to once we see this movie a few times, we're, and we read some articles, we're going to be in the know of what was reshot here, what what the Whedon patches were. You, you know, we're we're going to see that stuff. It's not going to be like Rogue One or Suicide Squad, where the same team kind of fixed everything. I think it's going to be a little bit of a different example here. So I, I think it's going to be a real fascinating case study to see this movie. And I think it's very honorable. Of I think it's a different scenario with Han Solo and Justice League as far as directorial credit goes. Mm-hmm. And with Justice League, it's very honorable. And I think of a lot of it's on Whedon saying, hey, because of the situation... Zach, this is a film directed by Zack Snyder. Yeah. It's it's a love of labor of Zack Snyder's, and there's never been a more excusable reason in the history of cinematics, in my opinion, of a director stepping away from a movie and having someone take over. You know, it's it's hardly the Han Solo situation yeah. by any means. I, I agree. And, I think right, I think yeah. Zack Snyder is going to get directorial credit for this film. I I, I agree one hundred percent. So and, and and a lot of that's the studio, and I. I bet both input from Josh Whedon. Josh Whedon's a good guy. I know, you know, whether you like him or don't like him, I don't think he's the kind of guy that's going to like want to ham in on the directorial credit because of the circumstances. Uh, he's like, he's would... he's going to get his credit for Batgirl. Okay. Exactly. He's going to get a nice paycheck. I'm sure his somewhere his name will be in here. That'll be fine. The, right. the Han Solo situation though is a completely another fucking set of shit. You know, right? Yeah. It's like who who the fuck knows? Like. Lord and Miller, like, it's very differently reported about how much they filmed, but I think we can all agree it was more than half the movie. <laughs> they were and, three weeks away from rapping, okay? Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm just trying to lowball it. I'm going to lowball it and say we know they did at least half the movie. I mean, there's a good chance they don't get the directorial credit at all here. I don't opinion. think they will. I think it's going to go to Ron <laughs> Howard. I think they're going to be Edgar Wrighted, okay? Yeah. I, I do. Think right too. I think I you're agree. right, too. I that's my point. I think you're right. Edgar I don't Wright. Know if they use any of what they shot based on what I'm hearing. Oh, they will. They will. They're going to want, I think they're going to, I think they'll use what's usable. Uh, but I mean, I, we've also heard rumors, Scott, that they shot scenes. They, <laughs> how much, how much film was wasted on this? I heard that they shot scenes the way that they want, that uh, Lawrence Kasdan wanted, but they also did their, the, the way that they wanted to do it. Yeah, yeah why exactly. not? Yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? Why not? The whole thing is just such a mess. That that's a whole other can of worms, right? Are yeah. we in DC news? Or we're we just seeking to Star Wars news? So I, I, I can got bitch about the Han Solo stuff. I got more. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out. I think once the movie comes out, we'll find out more about these reshoots and how extensive they were. So yeah, exactly. I'm not, yeah, I'm not so worried about the reshoots. I mean, they happen in every film, and yeah, oh, we're worried about the reshoots and all the mustache work and. 
I, I don't know. It, if this turns out to be a great movie, well, then, hey, they, they, they made the right choices in the reshoots. If yeah. it's Suicide Squad and they made uh, significant changes based on tone and, and direction uh, to try to earn some money, well, then fuck this. You it, know what I'm saying? It could so, go either way. It's, Scott, it could. This could be Rogue One where the reshoots with Tony Gilroy were fantastic and people enjoyed it for the most part. Or it could be Suicide Squad. It could also be like middle of the road World War Z where it worked for some people and it didn't work for others. That's my guess of what it's going to be. I think you're going to have the diehard DC fanboys saying, oh, we love this movie. Uh, I can't tell a tonal shift at all from the Whedon stuff, from the Zack Snyder stuff. It all worked. You're going to have some people that are that are just like, ah, oh, man, it, tonally it shifts. I can totally feel like this is Whedon's voice. I can totally feel like this is Snyder's voice. And it's it was a clusterfuck of a film, kind of like the way AI felt for me. I felt like I could totally tell what was Spielberg and what was Kubrick, and the two things together didn't work for me. I know you like that yeah. movie, Jake, but for me, it's very yeah, noticeable. Yeah, I get the analogy from yeah. your from your point. Yeah. Yeah, it's, so, a, it's a very interesting case study. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really excited for it to come out. I mean, best case scenario is like you're saying, some of the – hopefully it's embraced by enough people that Whedon and Snyder will be very candid about what happened. Because I think because of the circumstances, it's very possible that they may end up being very candid yeah. about the reshoots after the picture comes out if it's well-received enough. Don't get me wrong. I mean there's things that I liked about that Justice League trailer, but then there's, there's also things – <laughs> like like Aquaman and and the and the CG on Cyborg and the the CG on Steppenwolf that I was not impressed with. I hope yeah. there's a good story in here. I I want a good story. Amen. Um, so uh, I'm hoping that there's a great story somewhere in here and that we all leave the theater and say, you know, just like Wonder Woman, I, I had my issues with it, with the CGI and and uh, and and you know the mm-hmm. Ares the battle. final battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the some Ares issues, of it all. but I, I I hope I leave Justice League the same way, saying like, you know, man, I, I really really enjoyed this this movie. Great stories, uh, great representation of these characters, other than Aquaman. Aquaman I- was awesome. <laughs> Dude, hey, dude! Oh man, I love how I was saying that just as you were saying you would not like Aquaman. Oh yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can already tell you right now, I'm going to have issues with Aquaman. I I can already (laughs) tell you that right now. Like that's not going to change. It's totally gnarly, bro. Yeah, Yeah. I'm going to get an Aquaman tattoo tomorrow. That shit's awesome. That trident right on my fucking shoulder. Uh, yeah. It's not a trident. It's a sea force. My DC trading card says it's a trident. Yeah. All right. Mashable. Mashable is coming out with a ton of DC rumors as well. Uh, the first is that David Ayer is no longer going to be involved in Gotham City Sirens. Uh, the article stated, another person whose involvement is now in question is David Ayer, the Suicide Squad helmer who's listed as the director of the Harley Quinn-led spinoff Gotham City Sirens. That film was not featured in Warner Brothers' Comic-Con sizzle reel of nine upcoming DC movies last weekend, and sources say Air won't ultimately be a part of their plans. Air's rep flatly denied that he's off the project, saying it's still in development and that the script is not yet complete. Um, 
There's also other signs that he's moving on. Ayer seemed to signal his discontent with his Warner Brothers DC experience at his Comic-Con panel on Thursday for Bright. That's the new uh, Will Smith movie, the fantasy buddy cop film that Netflix gave him $90 million to make. But guys, recently, I think it was uh, Thursday, David Ayer tweeted a picture of Harley Quinn on Twitter, just out of nowhere, just, just a picture of Harley Quinn from the comics. And that was enough for me, for him basically without any words saying that I'm still involved. What, what, where are all these rumors coming from? Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Maybe just people, you know how it is. It mashable too. They're the kind of website that like, it's like, okay, they didn't list this movie on the sizzle reel. So now we're just going worst case scenario about what that means. You know, it's just, I don't know. I, I think David Ayer is probably still involved. He's too much of a Warner Brothers robot to yeah. let go. You got, you got to keep that guy on staff. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, he was, uh, I mean, he's company man. He, like, you know, they basically took that movie away from him and, uh, did what they wanted to. And he was willing to pretend like they didn't. Exactly. No, this is my, <laughs> this is my director's cut. And it was not. Yeah, he's stuck to his guns, too. Yeah. It's crazy shit. In some ways, I respect the man for it. Oh, my God. Like, this guy is so promising. I loved Fury. And I was like, oh, my God, he's going to kill it with Suicide Squad. Yeah. Ugh. Trailers look fantastic. Yeah. Promising, promising new young director. Yeah. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. All right, yeah, Mash. fool you. Mash. Oh, Scott, hey, what's up? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mashable also had uh, reports that Zack Snyder is parting ways with DC. Uh, basically, the rumor is, quote, the Snyders left Justice League as director and producer in May, saying they needed time to grieve for their 20-year-old daughter, who has died by who died uh, by suicide two months before. Multiple sources with knowledge of Warner Brothers' plans say that as the DC Extended Universe moves forward, the Snyders will no longer have anything like the level of creative influence that got the franchise to the point. Uh, Toby Emmerich, uh, Warner Brothers Pictures Group president and chief content officer, said in a statement that the Snyders would maintain a role. He said the Snyders remain an important part of Warner Brothers' family and are actively involved in several upcoming DC pictures, including their continued creative input on Justice League. We are excited about our partnership and look forward to our continued collaboration. Now, what's weird about this, guys, is that <sighs> Mashable came out with this rumor, and I've been hearing from other outlets they have not come out and say it, said this, that it's fact, but they have been coming out and saying it doesn't look good. So let me, how, I don't know how to say this without it sounding like these people are saying it. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I heard that a week before Zack Snyder was announced that he was leaving the Justice League, the very week before he was still doing press for Wonder Woman in London, and Deborah Snyder's reps had actually been reaching out to media outlets for interviews a week before. And then all of a sudden, it just stopped. So some of these outlets are kind of like maybe leaning toward the rumor that Warner Brothers 
actually use this tragic event of their daughter to kind of get rid of the Snyders without getting rid of them and then keep them on as executive producers in the future. So like, no, that's really, that's really scandalous. Isn't it? So like maybe, maybe Zach will direct for Warner brothers in the future, but not for a DC related film. Um, yeah. And they were into the, what you're kind of proposing is that they were in too deep. Like the Snyders were in too deep. Yeah. And it wasn't, they couldn't just Warner brothers. Couldn't just say step away. Right. But because of the horrible circumstances, they were able to use that to leverage getting them out in their favor. Exactly. Because it seems like a week before the announcement was made that, you know, Zack Snyder's doing press for Wonder Woman. Deborah Snyder is actually has her reps reaching out to media outlets for interview opportunities. So it sounds like, and then all of a sudden these things just stopped. It's like, Warner Brothers kind of used – I'm not saying this happened. I'm just saying that this is what a lot of media outlets feel like could be a possibility. And number one, I I think it's just dirty if it's true. It's awful. So, Yeah, they, I don't like it either. They would be like one of the worst organizations in history if they did that. I mean yeah. seriously. Yeah. That's disgusting. I hope that Zach, whatever he does next, and I, I am a Zack Snyder fan. I'm, I haven't been a fan. I, I wasn't a fan of Batman v Superman, but I am a Zack Snyder fan. I think Watchmen is a fantastic film. I love 300. Um, you know, I didn't love Sucker Punch. There's some things that he's done that I haven't liked, but I think visually he's great. I think with this, this thing that happened with him, this tragic thing that happened with him, I, I, I do think that this is something that can change a director. Something like this can happen. And I think, I don't think the next, I think we will get another Zack Snyder film. Um, but I think, oh, the next, I, 100%. He'll be back. Oh, absolutely. he'll be back. Yeah. But I think, I think he'll be different. I think Zack Snyder is going to be different after this. I think this, this, this will change him as a director. And I'm hoping it's for the better. I think with an event like this, I think there's going to be, we're going to see some different things come out of Zack Snyder. And I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever project it is that he's working on next. But I, I do believe that he'll stay on the DCEU stuff as an executive producer. They'll, they'll put him and Deborah's name in there and, uh, they'll stay on as, as executive producers. So. Yeah. Agreed. I've also heard they're pushing Goyer out as well. So. Yay. So I don't know. We'll find out when they announce who's writing, you know, the Green Lantern Corps film. So, Uh, yeah. Gosh, they they couldn't do Goyer Green Lantern, right? That's what they were talking about, Jake. Uh, No, don't do it. That was the rumor that Goyer was going to direct the Green Lantern Corps. Goyer better keep his kids safe. Goyer was going to write, not direct. (laughs) Oh, my God. So now you're saying that they they had something to do with the death of his kid, right? I didn't say anything, Scott. Don't the, yeah, yeah, that's mouth. what I heard. No, that's what I heard. You better, hey, don't don't be eating your you know eating anything that hasn't uh, been uh, tasted by the official taste tester here. I'm trying to help Goyer out. Don't be painting me in a bad light. I'm painting you in any bad light. I mean, I'm, we we went from uh, I'm going to push you guys out to uh, you know murdering postal workers. You know what I'm saying? So. 
So you're saying that the Warner Brothers president, Toby Emmerich, when he watched Suicide Squad and he saw Deadshot, he was like, get me somebody like that for Goyer's kids. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> it, was, it was a very tasteless joke. That, the more we dissect it, the more tasteless it gets. Yeah, that's that's one of the worst <laughs> ones you've ever told, Jay. <laughs> yeah. Can't believe I you went there. Like, I, I kind of like it still. He <laughs> <You> would. <laughs> it does have some brilliance to it. So, I mean, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't denouncing the amount of thought and uh, wittiness that went into it. I was I was questioning how how valid it may be in the real world we live in, but <laughs> you got to watch out for those Warner Brothers. They're in deep. <sighs> you know what though? It, it a uh, long time ago, I used to produce events for a major electronics company that most of you had bought stuff for. And we were doing an event out in Hollywood, and the Warner Brothers exec team came in, and everybody's going to you know, preach to these people that sell videos and whatnot. And all the exec did was get up and go, hey, everybody, it's time for our 20-minute sizzle reel. And he walked down. He had nothing of substance to say whatsoever i'm supposed to just watch the scissor reel get excited about what the opportunities are and sell it because you're warner brothers yeah fuck you <laughs> oh man <laughs> shooty left that and he's like i hope your kids die anyway um <laughs> that see now i'm taking a page right out of fucking jake's book <laughs> i laughed pretty good too <laughs> horrible <laughs> Damn it, Jake. You got to set this horrible trend of really t- t- tasteless jokes. Oh, yeah. I set that trend on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if this is your first time listening, that's absolutely true. Um, very true. Uh, let's talk about Joe Manganiello. Um, not about his involvement with the DCEU. I just want to talk about Joe Manganiello, guys. Yeah, he was All right. that, Pee-wee, that Pee-wee Herman special, right? Yeah, he, he was, was in, he was in True Blood. Yeah, I never never saw that. He's a werewolf. <laughs> he was, oh yeah, did he have his shirt off a lot? Oh, a lot. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was Flash Thompson in the Raimi films. Oh, Godoy. He was in the he was in the Magic Mike movies. Oh, I bet he had his shirt off a lot in those too. No, he kept his shirt on for the Magic Mike films. Surprisingly enough. That's that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, he was the only. He was the only one of the crew that had like body issues. <laughs> Is this true? No, You're making stuff up. I'm totally making it up. <laughs> I, I've never seen the movie. You say you could you could run anything by me here. <laughs> Do you realize in Magic Mike? In Magic Mike, we have uh, our possible future Gambit and our Flash Thompson and and possible future Deathstroke? Who else is in that movie? There's other people. I swear there's other superheroes, too. I saw a meme one time that listed all the superheroes in Magic Mike. Really? I've never seen it either, dude. No, I've never seen it, though. Yeah. Sorry. Scott, you seen it? Wife make you see it? Magic Mike? Yeah. Yeah, I saw the first one. Not the second one. Um, Yeah, there's a lot. Was it good? Um, That's questionable. I heard it's really good. It's yeah, all right. It could be, it I mean, could be good. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to question. Your wasn't opinion. it Steven Soderbergh? Yeah, Soderbergh's a great director. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and then the second, Fluffy the was second. in there. Fluffy. 
the second one seemed like the schlocky one. Like, the first one seemed like real cinema, where the second one was like, all right, let's get these women back in the theaters. Yeah, I totally said that about Pitch Perfect and Pitch Perfect 2. I was like, man, Pitch well, now Perfect. now they got the third one. Oh, I'm kidding. I, 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 The only reason I watched Pitch Perfect, the first one, was because I was on a date and I was hoping to get laid later that night. So, <laughs> Did you? Did, did, did yeah, you? I was getting ready to ask. Yeah. What? Did, did it, it work? work? Oh, yeah. I totally got laid that night. Well, then it was worth it. It was worth the 10 bucks, right? Oh, uh, I think it was like on HBO or something, or she already owned it or something. So oh, I didn't even right. have to pay for it. Even better. No. So. Even better. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not a fan. Not a fan of those movies either. Uh, oh, the third one looks terrible. Oh, my so, God. yeah, Joe Manganello. Yeah, third one looks awful. Uh, Joe Manganello <laughs> talked to, uh, the Hollywood reporter about the current status between him and the Batman film. He was supposed to be cast. Back when Ben Affleck and Jeff Johns were writing the script, he was going to be Deathstroke, the main villain of the film. But now that Matt Reeves is the director for the Batman, he totally got rid of that script. And he's starting up his own script with rumored uh, uh, Matt Bomback, his uh, writer for the Planet of the Apes films. And so they might be scrapping uh, Deathstroke altogether. So THR talked with Joe Manganiello, and they said, I think a lot of people are wondering what the status of Deathstroke is in the next Batman movie, now that Ben Affleck is off the project as director. Do you have any information about that? Joe said, I don't. Well, I do, but nothing that I can share. I know everything, but I can't say any of it. THR, <laughs> THR says, was that imparted in I love a- this story. I'm loving this. <laughs> THR goes on to say, was that imparted in a happy way or a downtrodden way? I'm trying to interpret, I'm trying to interpret the fluctuations in your tone. Joe says, I'm shooting for a neutral, I'm shooting for a neutral tone. THR, you're succeeding, Joe. Thanks. THR, any idea when we'll find out? Joe, it's not up to me. That's a good question for the Warner, for Warner Brothers in DC. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Joe's quickly becoming the uh, Anthony Mackie of the uh, DC Universe, kind of. How? Where he's, like, not going to shut up in the media until he's in one of these movies or not. No, Anthony Mackie's the biggest cheerleader. He's so excited about any movie and how... That that was once he got got his Civil War spot. Captain America Civil War is Avengers 3.792. You know, it's like... (laughs) Uh, there was some non-cheerleading no. between uh, Cap 2 and Civil War before the deal was sealed. All I'm saying, Jake, is that Joe Manganiello sounds like somebody ran over his fucking dog. I mean, he sounds like – he sounds – He's probably completely out because what was going on before sounds like – the whole thing sounds like the blackboard was erased. Yeah. And there's a very good chance he won't be in the movie at all. I don't blame him for being upset. I really don't. I mean, he was excited to be a part of this universe. He was promised he was going to be part of this universe. And then everything kind of fell apart. And now he's not going to be in it. Like, me as a fan, do I care if I get Joe Manganiello as Deathstroke? No, I don't care. I don't want a Joe Manganiello Deathstroke anyway. I really don't care either way. I just want a great Batman story. But I can understand why he's, I can understand why he's upset. Yeah. If if anything, he should be upset at Affleck and not Warner Brothers, though, right? I mean, am I why, misreading Why would that? he be upset at Affleck? Because he's the one who dropped it, out. Because it was Affleck's whose vision that included him. 
and Affleck stepped down, and yeah. now it's Matt Reeves' vision that doesn't include him. It seems like more of an more of an Affleck not being able to juggle the ball than Warner Brothers really caring whether or not Joe got his shot at Deathstroke. I think the only reason Warner Brothers isn't letting him have his play is because that's what Matt Reeves doesn't want at this point. I don't blame Matt Reeves. I wouldn't want to have to no, like, either. work well, around any director would, that comes on to a movie. They they want their own vision. Now you yeah. knew right away once Reeves came on that that whole script was going to get bounced. It was going to get tossed. Yeah, oh, uh, all of yeah. it. Yeah, I'm not arguing against that in the least, and that that's exactly the way it should be. But and and yeah, but yeah, and Brian's right. I he's in a bad position. It sucks. He was promised to do this thing. But I just think maybe his anger is a little bit misdirected, and maybe it's not. I don't see how Warner Warner Brothers is at fault for a lot of dumb shit, but it's not really their fault that Joe's out of this movie, right? No, I mean they want. Hold on, I I think he's just upset. I mean, I you know it's that's the thing. You bring Matt Reeves on here, you want to make a great Batman movie. I mean. It sucks, man. It sucks, dude. You're not going to be Deathstroke. It, it sounds that way, Joe. I'm sorry. I honestly do feel like, though, if they do introduce Deathstroke into the DCEU, he will be getting a phone call. When, if and when they can work the character into one of these films, Joe Manganiello will be our Deathstroke. I do think that that's going to happen. But as far as him being the main villain in The Batman, that ain't happening. Yeah, and no, truth be told, I think that's a better scenario. I, I was never a big fan of Deathstroke's introduction being as the main villain in a Batman movie. Like, Neither I was, was never I. really sold on that to begin with. Yeah, I love I love Joe Manganiello, and I, you know, I think the character could be cool if used correctly. But like, why not use him in like Suicide Squad two or Gotham City Sirens or something else other than the Batman? Yeah, the movie that's got the most amazing, awesome supervillain group in the fucking history of comic books. Let's use that platform to have Deathstroke the Terminator. It seemed like kind of a silly idea to me to begin with. What if the chan- like what are the what is Matt what what is Matt Reeves going to do with this story? What's I don't know. Matt Reeves has so much pressure, in my opinion. He, he wants to do the detective noir thing. Jake, I don't care. if Fucking Gotham did introduce. Uh, the Court of Owls. I think I think Court of Owls. Matt Reeves makes sense. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think the uh, cinematic universe really gives two fucks about what the TV universe is doing. Even more so in uh, the Warner Brothers camp than in the Marvel camp. I think they just don't give two fucks. They're gonna do whatever the fuck they want to do. Well, if you're Matt Reeves, Scott, do you want to? And let's say Matt Reeves has not signed on to do a trilogy of Batman films. Okay. Do you want to leave your mark? Let's say if you're just going to do the one film and see where it goes, do you want to have that, you know, flagship villain? Do you want to give your version of the Joker? Or if you're Matt Reeves, do you pass on that opportunity and bring in a lesser known character than the Joker? I would want to. Tell an amazing fucking story. So if you're going to be a one and done, that's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to go ahead and find one of the great bad stories, whether you, you mentioned Court of Isles, that'd Hush. be really awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, Hush would be cool. I was thinking Under the Red Hood 
that'd be fucking amazing. You know, those kinds of stories. And Batman's got a, a shit ton of really great stories. Tell me a great Batman story. And I don't give a shit who the villain is, right? This isn't 1989. We're all like going, ooh, the next villain's going to be this. And ooh, I, I don't care. I've, I've had enough Batman, right? If you're going to give me Batman, it better be good Batman. Because I got enough, I hate to say it, I've got enough marginal and shit Batman to last <laughs> me uh, a lifetime. Just give me some good fucking Batman. And uh, so I think it's all in the story. So I, if they if it's a Joker story and it's a good story, I'll, I'll be I'll be very very happy. If it's uh, Court of Owls and we use that story, I'll I'll be just as happy. Just give me a good fucking story. I know I get it. I mean, it's just one of those things where like I keep thinking to myself, if Matt Reeves has only signed on to do the one movie, like how could he pass up doing the Joker? Would I? be happy if he did yeah I, I i think i would i i'm not i don't want to see the joker in this next batman movie i'd like to see something different you know i want to see i want to see you know i want to see him do something different i mean maybe another crack at the riddler if you're going to do a detective noir story do a hush story or or do a uh, my, my number one choice would be court of owls i think matt reeves and court of owls would be absolutely fantastic i, I would love to see that but um jake what are you thinking matt reeves we're we're do you think that he, where do you think is, where he's leaning? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think Court Owls is a really cool idea too, but I think you still, I think you kind of, you're, you're not going to be able to like actually adapt that in a two hour movie, but I still think it could be done, but I still think you need at least one iconic Batman villain character. It doesn't have to be the Joker, but I still think you, you got to have someone in here, right? It's a good, I, I, I guess I, Give me a good story, like Scott's saying. Good story is yes. a good story. I mean, because like the Hush thing, like the Hush thing doesn't work unless you're using all kinds of iconic Batman villains. And you could. Yes. Why, why couldn't you? At but this point in time, who fucking cares? Do Iron it. Man 3 apparently worked for people, and he didn't even battle the real Mandarin. So I, I don't know. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It could work. I mean, and it, it could be really neat if it was just one villain and they did it really noir. Or maybe even Batman going against like the criminal underground or stuff like that. I mean, who knows? A black it, mask, throw back black mask in there. Yeah, it'd be very interesting. Jake, maybe have a, a villain reveal at the end. Jake, I actually like what you just said there. Just Batman going against criminal underground. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, that's I, I, I that's some of the stuff that I love about Spider-Man stories. It's just like when Spider-Man's taking on regular thugs. I, I get a kick out of that. Now I want him. Of course, I want him to be able to be challenged by someone. But like Batman, just being a human could be challenged just by regular thugs. So yeah, and that and that shit has a lot of relevance in the Batman world. It because does. Batman, Batman loves Gotham. Yes. and wants Gotham cleaned up. So it's it's not it's it almost plays better even than in like Spider Man. Yeah, but you got to still you. I mean, it feels like you could do a lot of really cool action stuff, and you could do some you know gun you know he could fight against guys with guns and stuff like that, but you still got to work that detective noir story like you promised, okay? You know, you still got to yeah. work that in there. So Maybe Clayface would be fun. Oh, I, Clayface, oh, yeah. yeah. I think Clayface would be a good one that you could kind of waste, too. Like, I, I know that kind of sounds crazy, but it's like you could use him. You could do the, like, mafia 
Batman and have Clayface just be kind of a big bad at the end as part, you know, their experiment. Mm-hmm. I, well, I think it's a little bit of a waste of a time in a movie to spend 45 minutes on developing Clayface when at the end of the day, he's just a cool looking CGI character. Yeah. Do we re um, do we redo um, Mr. Freeze and do uh, him justice? That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be really great. But I, I think unlike Clayface, I would never suggest that you just yada yada through Mr. Freeze's origin and just make him a special effect thing at the end. Like you would really want to do that justice. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, casting for Mr. Freeze would be interesting as well. So. Yeah, exactly. You'd want to get someone really spooky. I would. Uh, I would cast Jason Isaacs. Yeah, that's not bad. I, I'm thinking. I would. I don't know. I'm thinking younger, but I can't think of anyone. I'm so bad with fantasy casting. No, I think yeah, he I nailed know. it. Somebody younger. Oh, okay. Well, thanks. <laughs> I'm just being a dick. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, fantasy no. casting is so hard because everybody, when you read a character or whatever, everybody pictures something different in their head. So it's it's fantasy casting is hard. You get it's. I mean, that's why you don't get many characters that are always embraced by everybody. That's why you very you get very few Patrick Stewart's as Xavier and very few, you know, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark's and you know yeah. yeah. Those are easy fantasy casts. Exactly. So it, was, exactly. it was easy to please everybody. Exactly. More times than not, you're going to have people freaking out that, what, Heath Ledger is the Joker? Fuck that. And then all of a sudden he blows your mind. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. See. He was zero people's fantasy casts. So right. Everyone's pissed. Right. right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, Star Wars news. And we're going to wrap this bitch up. I don't have a lot. <laughs> What the Misa saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. Oh, this, this news is stupid this week. <laughs> uh, hey, gentlemen, uh, before I turn into a pumpkin, yeah, and I may have already turned into a pumpkin. I'm not sure. Because you caught me snoozing a couple times. <laughs> At any rate, I'm gonna I'm gonna need to bounce. All right, but, uh, it's been wonderful. Love uh, love the drop. That's awesome. That's uh, I still use the old drop. Oh, damn it! Let me get okay, into that. Let me get edit it, that out. No, let me get. No, I'm not gonna edit that out. I'm gonna use this as a perfect opportunity before you leave. I did right, make sure I made a new Star Wars drop. I sent it to a few people. Um, it's not universally loved, so I'm not gonna use it. Really? It's not universally loved? I don't know. I, I felt like I said it to a few people, and I felt like more people are just like, I like the OG. I like the OG Star Wars news bumper. Well, can't you can't you just mix it up a little bit? I mean, uh, no, I th- you, you spent time and energy. You, here's the thing. You, you put so much of yourself, time, energy, and money into this podcast, <laughs> and you try to put something cool out there. <laughs> For the fucking Star Wars fans who go and beat up on Rebecca Daling and shit like that. And and they're like, oh, it's not as good as the old Star Wars. I don't like it anymore. 
Well, fuck that. I mean, seriously, play play the new one now and then. Now, you know what's going to happen? You're going to get yeah. all this email that you never read. But you're getting all this email about play the new fucking bumper till you do. But then you're probably right. You probably get a whole bunch of email that says the bumper sucks. And then you're kind of fucked. I, I just quit. No, I, <laughs> hold on, hold on. I was gonna, I was gonna get into Has Scott this. Scott heard the new bumper. Yeah, I sent I it to him. Have. Okay. I, okay. I sent okay. it to okay. Scott because he was going to be on this episode, and you guys can't hear the bumpers when I play them live. So uh, when we record over Skype, so I wanted him to hear it before we did the episode because I planned on using it tonight, unveiling the new bumper. Well, it's not universally loved. I think uh, you know people like the old one as opposed to the new one, and I was going to alternate them, but I was just like, ah. You know, people don't like it, so fuck it. I will, uh, at the end of the episode, I will play it once, and that'll be the end of it. I will play the full fucking thing one time <laughs> at the very end of the episode, and people can listen to it, and that'll be the end of it. I'll just put it to Does bed. Does it become an Easter egg, then, for future episodes? I mean, remember the time and... Yeah, you remember the failed bumper? Do you remember when... <laughs> do you remember that? I don't Did see I... how you say it's failed bumper. It's a great bumper. Again, you put your time, energy, and wit and creativity into something, and then people are going to go ahead and judge it. Yeah. I get it. You know, yeah. I do a nothing podcast that nobody fucking listens to, and I don't give a shit. I have a good time doing it. And you can go ahead and make fun of all the stupid shit that we do, and I, I, I don't, I don't get it. To me, I, you know, the research you did and the and the creativity you put behind it, it's it's great. It should be applauded for that uh, alone. <laughs> Um, regardless of um, the uh, intro lyrics and whether or not you like Kylo Ren. Um, I think that's fucking amazing. You're dissecting something no one's ever heard. Um. I've heard it, so there you go. Oh, man, this really woke Scott up. It did. See, now the thing, hey, Scott, sometimes, you know, you win some and you lose some, right? I'm not butthurt that it wasn't universally loved. Okay, you know we're, we're, we haven't even dived into Star Wars news. We're talking about my failed bumper. Um, yeah, yeah, but you know I'm gonna. Hey, you know what? We opened up this can, and so we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. But you know, sometimes like you, you do things, and not everything's universally loved, and uh, that's fine. That's fine. Like I tried, I threw it out there, and uh, it wasn't like you know it didn't get the reception that you know maybe I was hoping for, and maybe probably really- huh. I'm really curious who the panel was now. Okay, it was uh hold on, it was uh you, leftover Jay, uh Dan West, and Scott. You four. Hmm, really? Hmm. Did all four people respond? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Did Jay love it? Jay loved it. Well there you go, you got one. I said it was nice. Yeah, Jay likes no, it. That was my... Jay, Jay loves everything, though, Scott. <laughs> that, Jay's just that kind of guy, you know? Jay's just a great guy. I mean, even if Jay hated it, he wouldn't tell me. What about what about Dan? Dan did not like it, I don't think. I, I think Dan was kind of like, I think Dan didn't like it, but he was kind of like, eh, I don't know. What did he say? What did Dan say? I, don't, I think Dan was like the biggest detractor of it. He's like, I like the old one better. Well, the old one is great, right? I mean, it's it, it's iconic. So you've got that going. For you. <laughs> it's but iconic. Maybe if maybe if you had puffins in it, maybe if you had a, a verse about puffins, that would be make it even better. No, I don't think it needs Send to be back. longer. It oh no, no, no! Longer. Dan hated it. 
Dan hated it. This is the, no, this is the, uh, this is the, and no, he's gonna, he's gonna message me back and say, oh, I didn't hate it. I really liked it. <laughs> Dan, don't even do it, man. You don't have, dude, Dan, it don't matter what, you could have, you could have told me that the fucking bumper really fucking sucks and I should be ashamed. And you're still my friend. Don't worry about that. Okay, buddy. Um, he, the first thing, and everybody said this about it except for Jay, is that it's long. Like, that was everybody's <laughs> big complaint. Hold, hold on. We have to put it in perspective. It was long, but it wasn't supercast bumper fucking long. Okay? So you got that going for you. Yeah. Dan goes, it's really long. That was his first thing. It wasn't like, oh, man, that made me laugh or I enjoyed that. No, he goes, it's really long. And then... <laughs> And then I said, yeah, I can trim it down a little bit. And he goes, I definitely prefer the old one. And then I, I followed it up with, <laughs> I followed it up with something else and there was no response from Dan. He's like, I'm done. I'm done talking about your shit bumper. All right. All right. I got if time you, for this. Yeah. If you want to continue to try to justify your shit bumper, Brian, you're not doing it on my watch. All right. If you want, if no, if you want fucking validation, I want you to go down the goddamn road because you're not getting it from Dan West. All right. <laughs> and so that's when I went to Jay because I knew Jay would love it. <laughs> <laughs> you're just looking for validation. <laughs> so Dan West beat you up so bad that I'll, we all, he, hey, Mikey, hey, give it to Mikey. He 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 likes everything, right? Yeah. Hey, Jay, Jay likes everything. It'll make me feel better. Is that what you did? Basically. You were very smart not going to Jay first. Yeah, yeah. I went to Jay very, last. Very well I, thought out. Yeah, I had to hold that onto my, I, I kept that in my hip pocket just for when I needed it. But, you know, eh, I don't know. I'll play. I'll play the shit bumper at the end of this episode, like right when this episode well, I ends. I just assumed that you were gonna play it because you're no. like, "Oh, this is great," and I was like, "This is cool." And oh no, 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 creative and no. I got cooled off real fast. Like my excitement <laughs> level got cooled the fuck out. Okay, like it's kind of like when you meet that really hot chick, and then uh, you finally get the courage to go talk to her, and then she opens her mouth and starts talking. And you're like, oh. Oh, or otherwise yeah. I start talking and I start ram like babbling or something to make it a jackass out of myself. That's basically what I did here. This was me trying to uh, impress the hot chick in the, the and she tells me uh, she's not a fan. So that's exactly what happened with this bumper. I'll play it at the end and you guys can you can judge for yourself. You know, I'm going to get no, I'm going to get, get cleared. Go ahead. I didn't get clarity. Jake, what did you think of it? Um. It was okay. I like the old one better too. I'm done talking about it. I'm done. Like seriously, <laughs> this hurts. Fuck off. Now it's now it's uh, now now I'm getting judged on the fucking podcast. <laughs> now I've got to hear it on the podcast, not through text messages. Hey, it's okay. I'm not even playing it. I'm done. No, this is going to be the I'm lost. A, no, I'm it's not the a Skid Row guy. Either, it's not know, the so lost. It's, it's like, the. No, don't even talk about it. It's the no, it's the lost bumper. It's the lost bumper. You remember those lost honeymoon honeymooners episodes? The the lost Doctor Who episodes? This is the lost Star Wars bumper. You're just not gonna do it hamster style anymore, right? I am not no, I'm not playing this. I'm not playing the bumper. Fuck fuck all of ya. Fuck the bumper. Christ. Yeah, you Alright. Star Wars. I, I like the I like the bumper. It was great. Now all the bumper talk got woke me up. I'm gonna no. As soon as I get off here, I'm gonna call Jay. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Put 
friend of mine. You know, I'm quite sure that, um, well, was there anything? No, no, it's all about, uh, PCL was all over to that, uh, that bumper. You couldn't sell it to somebody else, right? Yeah, no. Who would? Oh, after the the rousing review that I got from Dan and Jake, who the fuck would want it now? <laughs> you know what? I I know that Rebecca would probably play it the next time she does a half marathon for sure to get her totally psyched up to to win that fucker. I am no, it's dead. It's dead, Scott. It's dead. I know I you're trying. I didn't think it was terrible. No, oh, no, Jake. The- yeah, it's okay. It was okay. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> the most. Wow. The most mind-blowing thing about this whole conversation is we are all arguing about something that nobody at this point in time has heard or will ever right. hear. Or will oh, ever yeah. hear for that That's matter. My favorite part. Like, Hit me up on Twitter. I'll play it for you for five bucks. Yeah. yeah. For five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to make a killing. <laughs> No, you know, no, you you can't make a profit. I'm just joking. off my failed bumper. <laughs> I was waiting for you to get enraged about this idea. God, if you make more money on it than I fucking use spent on it, eh, it was okay. No, I I, I was gonna play it. On it. I mean, I was gonna play it at the end of the episode. I'm not even doing that shit now. That's no. The lyrics are good. I like the lyrics. I just don't. The tune doesn't do much for me. Oh, yeah, whatever. I, I don't care. I don't care, Jake. I'm done. I'm done. No, no bumper. Nobody gets to hear it. It's the dead. It's the lost bumper. I'm not going to argue that. I like no one getting to hear it. Either no. we're using it or we're not. We're not. We're totally not. Nobody gets to. God, I've been talking about this for fucking like 20 minutes. Yeah, what are you just saying? <laughs> All right. Let me. Uh, you know, that just killed like uh oh yeah, Pablo Hidalgo talked about porgs and what they are. I don't I don't even care. Um Ryan Johnson teased to the Los Angeles Times uh one word from the new opening crawl, and that word is decimated. So that's gonna be in the opening crawl of Star Wars The Last Jedi. And making Starwars.net talked about Luke Skywalker's walking stick in The Last Jedi. It looks to be wood, it has a sort of a dragon head carving at the top. With a cattle prod zapper attached to it, so maybe he zaps porgs. There's your fucking Star Wars news. You're not getting the bumper. Good night, everybody. Decimated like your heart this episode. Basically. Decimated like that goddamn bumper, what you did to that thing. Took it out back old yeller style and fucking blasted it in the goddamn face. Yeah, it was, it was okay. Wow. Wow. Thanks, Jake. I'm glad I sat around. I'm glad I sat around thinking about that bumper for a couple right, days. Emma, I got your back, buddy. Yeah. Anytime you want to do creative endeavors, just hit me up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that I'm that asshole friend that uh, forgot I wasn't supposed to talk about something between two people that uh, have a shared secret. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, I wasn't supposed to talk about that. Now you guys are in a big fight. Oh, we're not. Yeah, thanks a lot. You're breaking up. It's all my fault. No, I totally agree. (laughs) I'm the asshole here. Yeah, this this is what's going to. I'm running out of bed. I'm sorry. Thanks for the bumper. Bumper. Thank you. This is the The argument. This is the argument that kills PCL. Is the uh, (laughs) is the Star Wars bumper that (laughs) broke? No one gets to ever. That no one ever gets to hear. (laughs) (laughs) That's why this episode is the worst of all time. Right there. Uh, the, the buffer no one got to hear. Oh, yeah, man. I choked there a little bit. 
that's funny. Uh, yeah, no, nobody gets. I'm I'm serious, Jake. <laughs> nobody gets to hear this thing now. No, I love it. You killed it for me. You killed it for me. And then Dan, Dan killed it for me too. I'm going to get that apology text. Dan, I swear if you fucking apologize for this shit, don't you fucking dare. I don't want it. I don't want to have this awkward conversation. (laughs) You're not going to have an awkward conversation. Dan's going to make a selfie video. Oh no. Like a leftover (laughs) army page. You go, hey everyone, if you didn't hear on the last PCL, uh, Brian said that I hated his bumper. Well, technically, I, I really didn't hate his bumper. I just wasn't really um, all that thrilled with it. I think the last one is better. Uh, the old one is better. And, uh, no. you know, I no. don't hate Brian. Dan, so I want everybody to know that I don't hate him. Dan, you keep my bumper out of your goddamn mouth. All right. I don't want to hear. About, I don't want to hear about it from you. I don't want any explanations, no videos, nothing. We'll just mo- we're friends. We're friends. We'll just move on like this never happened. Okay. <laughs> Selfie video war between. The I two know. Guys. I feel like I feel like my bumper. Like I shared it to you guys, and it, it's like you guys walked in on me masturbating and shitting at the same time. Like I should be embarrassed about it now. Like it's that bad. I, I felt honored. I'm like, oh wow, I get, I get to, I get to hear this. And then you listen to it. I did listen to it. I listened to it right away on my shitty phone. So no, I'm saying you good. felt honored, and then you listened to it. Exactly right. So the honor stopped after you listened to it. <laughs> why? Why would it stop? Why? Why? Because the bumper sucked. I, I never said it sucked. Let's see if I can get it to fly. Here we no, go. Jake, God damn it! No, stop, stop it! No, <laughs> don't. I will hit stop on this fucking record. I will hit stop, and we will just end it right now. You know, Jake, you and I could probably. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations! I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, "I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap." Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. That original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and we're the shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Left